it seems I thought I was turning it on, but I was turning it off. And so when I was turning it off, I was turning it on. And so I got lots of good footage of me walking somewhere with the camera, just casually filming my feet. And then when I actually went to, to, to film something that I wanted to take a video of, I turned it off. Then I carefully took some nice images of nothing and then turned it back on again. That is, wow. Technology is leaving me behind. Oh my God. It's never happened to me before. How can I date? Oh, lucky I'm married. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi, I remain in Booth. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're keeping some consistency yeah. for a change. Yeah, you'll be doing a podcast with my remains. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Ian will be quiet during this show today. Sure. I will turn the uh, mic over to him every once in a while. He can uh, lend uh, some pointed silence. I think there's any uh, podcast hosted by ghosts. They're not saying that they're ghosts, but they're just ghosts. Okay. Because it's the only way they can communicate. Yeah. You know, because ghosts can do voices, right? Because they can talk to you. <laughs> but that's it. So mm. it's like, as long as they have someone else to turn the mic on, you could have a ghost podcast. I think the talking ghost is a relatively new idea. Well, what about seances? To... Well, they're just knocking, right? Aren't they? But they're talking through someone else. Like they yeah, ha- you have to well, have a... that's the thing. You could also have them possessing one. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's a new um, uh, Poirot uh Okay. Oh. So I don't know whenever Poirot's time was. Uh, the thirties, I think. 30s? Okay. Yeah. So they had them then. Yeah. They actually. Uh, well, they did have seances. Look, what they had. Remember, like Conan Doyle was a big, right, and, big uh, fan Houdini. of spiritualism, and Houdini was not a fan of no, spiritualism. Well, but said if uh, if there is uh, something there, I'll come back. And yeah. Say, hey. And then when <laughs> he got a... there, the afterlife folks said, "Shut up." Yeah. And he went, All right. Fine. Or don't we'll give tell secrets. I'm like, and That's then everyone right. told his secrets anyway. Like, hey! uh, really... That's right. Just, everyone knew the secrets already who are in the fraternity. Yes, he and his wife had a code word that he would tell her. So I guess she did go to the occasional seance. Right. Ho- that code hoping. Word was boo. <laughs> Myrtle. I don't what know what her, her name? I, I don't know what her name was. Yeah. That would be a weird That'd be a weird... No, her name wasn't Myrtle. That's why it was the code word. Oh, okay. Myrtle. The, was he referring to the tree? Right. And, and unfortunately, he, he said the safe word instead. <laughs> shut it all down. <laughs> shut the whole thing off. Poor, well, uh, poor ghosts having to go to seance. That, that'd be I, think it's, I think it's choice. What, the ghost choose to yeah. do that? Yeah. Maybe. I, I think like what you, what you should do if you really wanted a ghost was like have a party. It's like if because it, it, like a seance is everything's gloomy, everyone's dressed dark, holding hands, just candles, and, yeah. like, and everyone's gonna ask mm-hmm. like, real important questions. And it's like <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah, but it was just like a, just a loosey goosey surprise sure. party, you know, or something, and just like hey, and then they woo, and then the ghost like you know what, I can go there. This is fun. This is fun. Yeah. Play some of the music they like, you know, just set the mood, have some of their favorite food there. Yeah, that's more likely to say on Spirit Ghost, I would say. It's interesting how it developed, isn't it? Because when it started with, with the Fox sisters, who were like very early on, like, you know, people who developed the idea of spiritualism, right. they Did were. Did they tell you what the ghosts were saying? They were, dub- they they were double jointed. Back then? They were double jointed so they could make popping sounds <laughs> without, like, without people knowing where the sounds were coming nice. from. And so that was so that the ghosts and stuff would 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 
communicate through knocks, not through not through speaking. But I guess someone else who wasn't double jointed who wanted to get on, in on this scam, mm-hmm. they're like, well, how about if we have like a medium who will act as like a portal for the for the the spirits to talk so to us? The first ones doing this kind of thing. I believe the Fox sisters were the very first. Yeah, yeah. Like, you think like in medieval times, no one's having a seance. No, it's pretty recent. It's only like in the Victorian era that it started as an idea. So yeah. Why do you think ghosts showed up like as a? Well, actually, like ghost stories were really popular in the Victorian era. Like that's that's why Christmas Carol is a ghost story. Mm-hmm. It's because it was it was a tradition to read ghost stories at Christmas time, in that at that time period. So quite so when you read like a lot like a lot of like M. R. James and and writers of that sort who were who were voluminous ghost story writers, you know they're stories were published around Christmas time in order so that people would have stories to read around the fireplace, which is a weird sort of thing. You wouldn't think that would be part of the, that time of the season, but for uh, whatever reason. You want to connect with the past. Yeah, but they're not really, I mean, they're scary stories. No, they're not meant as like heartening stories. They're meant as scary stories. Like Dickens kind of put it, turned it on its head by making it into a, a, a story of, you know, a cor- corrective. Well, uh, you know, there's the weird British thing as... As we learned in um, uh, the, 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 that love movie that people love, actually, uh, you know, <laughs> the British thing of like it's Christmas time. At Christmas time, you tell the truth, which sounds I don't know, <laughs> absolutely not. You don't. Uh, Seems but yeah. the idea that like ghosts will force you to confront. The, okay. Because ghosts don't come and tell you a bunch of nonsense unless yeah. perhaps yeah uh, you're Hamlet, in which case maybe they do. Because you know that's whole Hamlet's thing is just like. Yeah, he told me this, but maybe that's not... I don't know. Could have been. I guess we got to figure this out. So, yeah. Oh, your dad came back from the dead. Yeah. Told you everything. Straighten that mess out. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that's the weirdest thing to me then after that is like, you know, what things lie beyond the grave? Uh, ghosts! You just saw your dad. That was yeah. the whole setup for this bit. Yeah. You know, maybe before that you didn't know, but you do know because of that. But his whole, eh, maybe I. But you don't. You, you don't know what the situation is. Like, where, you don't know where his dad's living. Is it like, is he living in a hostel? Is it like shared accommodations? That sounds pretty awful. He's having a hard time. He does not like it. What, what the one thing he did get, he did uh, tell him was like, don't die. Yeah. Full of uh, sin. Make sure you confess first. Mm. So it's that kind of. Okay. That bed confessional is a good. Sure. Sure. To go. Little. Uh yeah, that was the one thing. But he did, you know, tell him that there's an afterlife and there's stuff and there's mm-hmm. so. Hey Hamlet, listen to your dad. <laughs> so that's the first ghost thing that I can think of is is Hamlet. Yeah, is yeah. Anything ghosty before Hamlet? Uh, I'm sure there Beowulf is. Beowulf doesn't talk to. Uh, I don't any, think so. Okay. I don't think what so. What else? Uh, the the I'm trying to think of like Greek plays. You know, there's the frogs. Which is all about farts. Uh, <laughs> but I can't think of any... Are they an- analogs for each other? The frogs or farts? Sure. Okay. You know what? They did teach me that in college, but I didn't pay a lot. I've never read it. I've only read The Birds by Aristophanes. I think I acted it out, quite frankly. Yeah. I did a lot of Greek plays in, in college, but I don't remember a lot. The scene in uh, Aristophanes' The Birds with, with where Suzanne Plachette gets attacked is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up next to Bob Newhart. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling her all about like, another sitcom movie. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, she's good. Does a good job. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I can be honest. That's what I'm. That's what I'm best at. Being honest. I don't. I don't know. I was. Uh, I was watching a little video. Speaking of Alfred Hitchcocky things, mm. it was Quentin Tarantino, and he was talking to Eli Roth about Psycho Two, and I forget who the director. Which, by the way, is a good movie. Yeah, uh, the director of Psycho Two, whose name escapes me. 
Do you know off the top of your head? So, Anthony, Perkins directed three. He didn't direct two, right? No. I don't know who directed that one off the top of my head. That's the ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> they are telling me to... Knock it off, yeah. Ghosts. Yeah, knock it off. That's what all the knocking <laughs> is about. But um, uh, Quentin Tarantino was, uh, was, was saying to him, you know, uh, do you find any pressure here? Because, like, you know, people consider, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, perfection. And my hope is, says the director... That you know, in the future, people will be thinking back on Psycho, and they won't they won't remember. Wait, was that a scene from the first film, or was that a film a scene from the second film? Which is a nice thing to think, but then it's like, well, was it in color? Yeah, I was going to say, people are, are they colorblind? Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. No, it was a it was a good film. That. It is a good film. I've never seen Psycho three, but I did see Psycho yeah, two. It's all right. I, okay. Have I seen Psycho four? I think Psycho four was a preview, mm. and then you lived in Psycho. For at least a year, right? You lived in the town of Psycho? I did. Yeah. Yes, that's true. You had the Bates Motel in your neighborhood. (laughs) The Bates Motel in my neighborhood, yeah. Then for a while, you also had the Psycho house. Yes. Yeah, but that came later. Well, no, no, the house was there. Half a house, though, right? Well, it's just they were missing the spire or whatever that's on the very top of it. Right. That was all they were missing. Because it was cheaper to reproduce it in CGI than to uh, actually build it. And then they were using it more, so they built it on. Because then I guess it got more expensive. And this was for uh, Bates Motel, the TV series. Never seen Not it. Not in uh, Dave's uh, hood. Part, well, that part was. Yeah. But as soon as they turned and showed the cross the street from the Bates Motel, yeah. then they were in Deep Cove. Mm, okay. Because across the street from where the actual Psycho and Bates Motel setting was, it was the transfer station, i.e. the local town dump. Yeah. And so, this is a great place to hide a body. <laughs> I don't know, because they watch you like hawks when you're putting stuff in the, at the transfer station. Okay, so they're like birds. That's a different movie. <laughs> I, was being, I was meaning that as a metaphor or a simile, but yeah. Just that they really keep their eye on you. They don't want you throwing away anything that should not be going into the general, general there garbage. Would there be like a sign or anything back then that would say this is a movie set or a TV set? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. So no one would like go by and go like, "Hey, it's a motel." And drive <laughs> up and go, That's weird. This is like the Bates Motel. Yeah. It's the same name as in the movie. And like, yeah, well, if it was like the one in the movie, if you looked over over this way, mm. there'd be a giant house on the hill. And like all of a sudden, they're in. You know, there thing. actually wasn't a sign when I think about it. But there w- later they built a chain link fence. But when it was first there, yeah. there was nothing. But there was a person that was there all the time. Okay, so people wouldn't go. They had a security. Yeah. They had security guards who would, okay. who were friendly people. They wander over and talk to you if you stopped. Right. Like they they didn't like ch- shoo you off. They were they wanted you to to experience the the wonder of the Psycho House, mm-hmm. which I'm like, you know what? I've seen the Psycho House because it's at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. It's part of the tour. You go past the Psycho House as part of the tour. So I've seen it. I also saw it in Emergency when it was one of the shows. There was a a brush fire in the area and they were evacuating this house and the house was the psycho house. Which <laughs> seemed kind of weird. Did they know it was the psycho house? No, they were just using the psycho house as like a, a set. Right. So they weren't going, quick, out of the psycho house. No, they're just kind of like... It is interesting when they reuse stuff like that. Yeah. Like as a kid, Without comment. I, yeah. was, I, I, I found it like, ooh, that Marcus Welby and... I didn't know that. And that's where Marcus Welby lives in the, in the beaver house. Oh, really? Yeah. Or they call it the dam. <laughs> <laughs> my old uh, my old apartment building mm. uh, on on 10th in Vancouver right across the street from two things one uh, 
the house that was a stakeout from Stakeout 2. Remember that? So Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez uh, uh, staking out Rosie O'Donnell. And then the other <laughs> yeah. was um, where the uh, ape revolution began. Oh, my God. Oh, what? Was I not plugged in for any of that? No. Okay. I was wondering why your voice, I was looking, I was going like, oh, no, you're showing up in the thingy, but... Okay. Well, I'll be a lot clearer now. You'll be a lot clearer now. Yeah. All right. I think, well, we'll see how it goes. I'll figure it out. Let's, 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 uh, okay. So here's the thing. If you didn't hear anything of what I was saying before, I did some hilarious stuff on <laughs> seances. Uh, then we talked about, uh, psycho for a while. Sure. And, uh, and welcome to, uh, you know, uh, the, the dialogue portion of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the monologue. <laughs> yeah, hope you enjoyed. Just me reacting to what Ian was saying. <laughs> oh, Ian, go, go on. That's what I would. Anyway, my old uh, my old apartment was right across from yeah. Planet of the Apes when the revolution started. Was sure. one of the first ape went no and beat up the guy. And I James who the Franco. Guy was. James was Franco. That? Yeah, it could have been Franco. I think so. Yeah, I think he's in the like movie. That. Was Franco the good guy? Well, it was someone who was the bad guy. Was it a bad guy? Yeah, it was a bad guy because the ape rebelled against the bad. Oh, guy. Okay, okay. The ape wouldn't rebel against the good guy. But isn't the good guy just another person who's just going to get trampled under the whole ape revolution? Well, but. First of all, you got to screw over the apes. You got like oh, borrow a lot of money from the apes, and the apes are like, "You're gonna pay me back, <laughs> no, right?" Pay them. And it's like, "No, no, I'm totally gonna pay you back." And then when they say, "Can I get that money?" and they go, "What money?" and like, "Fuck this revolution, motherfucker!" And then uh, the apes—that uh, was how Planet of the Apes started this time around. I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. But they, but he gave and like the like, first one that started over a card game. Yeah, and they went flipped ba- the table. Flipped the table. Yeah, went the, bad. Uh, all of a sudden, there was like five aces. The... <laughs> <laughs> fell out of the guy's sleeves. Yeah, out of his other sleeves, sleeves fell a bunch of uh, spoons and knives. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and then one of the apes went, "Why do I have sleeves?" <laughs> That's not the ape; it's the guy. Okay, the apes are the ones who are angry about the fact that this guy has all these. They don't have sleeves. If right. they had sleeves, they could also have aces up their sleeves. But no. People insist on dressing with sleeves. And then one of the people goes, gin. I'm like, we're playing poker. <laughs> well, too bad. Pull all the money then. Well, now you can pay me back. Pay what back? Oh, right. Yeah. And they go, go at it again. So frustrating. Back to the time machine, they say. And then they go back in time. And that's confusing. Is there a Planet of the Apes they go back in time? Uh, Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the original Planet of the Apes, they definitely, uh, there's uh, there's time travel. Roddy McDowell. And uh, is he Cornelius? I think he's, he's Cornelius. Yeah. And uh, whoever Lady Ape is, uh, Lady Bird Ape. Yeah. Uh, they go back in, in time to the start of like the revolution, I believe. Yeah. But not in the original movie, like later on in the series. You mean the in series. the first movie? Yeah. Like no, in the no. series of films. In the series of films, there's There is a time travel, travel one. Okay. Okay. I've never seen all of them. Okay. I've only seen the first one. You haven't seen it. We also talked earlier, you haven't seen Akira. So we need to get you seeing Akira, and we need to do a Planet of the Apes marathon. Well, as I said about Akira, I'm just not a. I, I have trouble with anime. Okay. Which is different than like because like the Studio Ghibli films aren't anime, right? They're like animation. They don't have like. I consider them anime. Why, why aren't oh, they yeah. anime? Well, because anime to me is like where they, you know, like they're trying to cut corners, so they just have like a still face, and they'll just kind of move it so across you didn't the screen. Like Robotech. No, I wasn't a fan of Robotech. Okay. I, le- I guess I did watch Robotech, didn't I? Pretty obsessively. <laughs> I guess I was a fan of Robotech. No, I seem to remember like really liking... You didn't like Astro World. Never saw that. I liked Battle of the Planets, okay. but to be fair to myself, I was five. Not five, grade five. Yeah, I was going to you weren't five. I wasn't five, but grade five, All right. I was watching that. And then I liked... Wait, is Battle of the Planets? But then there's the one with the Argo. 
That's not Battle of the Planets, is it? I don't know what the Argo is. It was like a, like it was like a, a, like a, I don't know, like a naval cruiser that somehow was like it put into space. And so it was like a battleship that was in space, and then it fired a giant beam out of the front of the okay the boat. Do you don't remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, could have been Star Blazers. Could have oh, oh, it's Star Blazers. Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's another good one. Why isn't Nina on this show? But those were acceptable to me because they were on television, and I was okay. <laughs> I was okay with bad animation on TV because that's just television on, on TV. Okay. Like all Hanna Barbera shows, whether you're watching Super Friends or whatever, they're very badly animated. Right. Or so very Superman's limited animated. Superman's ass is flipped. Uh, Batman's emblem is reversed. And like, how does no one see this? <laughs> that, but also just the fact that it's, yeah, it's just done on the cheap. That's why those things are flipped, right? Because they're just reusing stuff and they've just turned the cells over, you know, and recopied them. So is it the low quality... That is what. Effect. Yeah, I think. Well, then I'm... Akira is not going to bother you. Sure. That's okay, that's good. High, high quality. quality. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I can't see yeah. if like you. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a I want to say gentleness to Ghibli. There, uh, Ghibli is not Akira. Uh, <laughs> Akira is intense and it's very much of its era. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's very very well done. Mm. Yeah. I tell you, it's it's one of those things like. It's weird, you know, like, uh, you know, I, someone's saying, I don't like sushi. Like, it's fair. That's fair that you don't like sushi. <laughs> yeah. But here's the best sushi restaurant, like, in the world, right over here. Yeah. This is where it all started. Yeah. Maybe try that first, and then, then tell me that you didn't like, yeah, I had a, uh, had a, had a gas station. <laughs> had a gas station. Like, yeah, I, I understand that you did that. Hey, I got a tray from Save On. It wasn't very good. Yeah. I don't like sushi. Yeah, it was like 20 bucks. I got the, like, uh, 50 pieces. <laughs> It was uh, fine. We used them as Super Balls later, just bounced them against the wall. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the thing you'll probably see with, if you see Akira yeah. is go, oh, that's where everything in the world comes from. <laughs> like so much of... Everything uh, in the world or everything in the world of anime or everything in the world of... Everything in the world of entertainment. There's oh, really? so much that comes from it, yeah. We watch them going like, oh, this is where MASH comes from. Yeah, they're being chased by a, a gang of clowns. Okay, well... <laughs> through that uh and and, and so, like so the warriors sure that's 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 true also a little dark night for you um <laughs> but uh yeah and then and then you know if, if you're in any way a fan of something like a rick and morty or any of that modern yeah. animation sure you know so much comes from from that mm. to the point where i think they actually just reference that every so often okay okay yeah well, I'll have to give it a I'll have to give it a watch. They were playing it at the Rio recently, and I, I think I missed it. Yeah, it's good to see it in a theater. I, I saw like it at it like the that. Ridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with very hard seats. Yeah, because it mean, hurt your butt after a while. Like I've watched like the Satoshi Khan, I think his name is like Three Tokyo Godfathers. Which speaking of Nina, Nina uh, wanted us to see, and I, Lisa and I went with her to see that. Mm-hmm. And that was very good, yeah. and that's. That to me is not like anime. Like that's not my idea of what anime is. Why is that? Because once again, I, to me, anime is done like on the cheap and has a lot of like stuff where. So like, what I've watched on television of like you know things that are like Bleach or whatever that are advertised as like that I think of as anime. I just find them very unsatisfying because there's just a lot of like still images being pushed gently pushed around by someone's fingers to sort okay. of camera shot. <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is. I can see you're saving money, and that's good, but... Right, but a thief... Okay, so... Oof. 
this would be my nerdy uh, self. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, it's like saying, you know, I don't watch animated movies. Why? Because, you know, I've seen Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Mm. Like, okay, those are both technically animation. Sure. But one is an animated film, something that was done for yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. And one is done, you know, with uh, all the episodes and you got to see them like five days a week. And like they crank them out. Sure, sure. But you wouldn't want to go I've to seen a, Rocket Robin Hood. But you wouldn't want to go to a movie to, theater. I don't need to go to the movie theater and see The Incredibles. There's no reason. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't want to go to the movie theater and see Rocket Robin Hood. Yeah, I wish. Like, <laughs> but not. I mean, that's I would a nostalgic. Like to see what take? They, that's a nostalgic they, trip. But no, I'm talking about the actual old episodes of Rocket well, Robin Hood. The first thing that I, I thought of that sprung to mind. It's not the most appealing thing for uh, uh, people. It's yeah. not a convincing argument for people. Yeah. But it's like uh, the Transformers animated movie versus the Transformers TV show. Okay. Transformers TV show cheap. <laughs> and then the first thing in the Transformers movie is a planet of robots being eaten by a giant planet, and the detail is ridiculous. Okay. And it's like, holy shit, what am I looking at? This is amazing. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Transformers has just come up a huge notch. I can't yeah. believe it. And then you go home and watch the new Transformers uh, TV show and just go, Ugh. <laughs> what are you doing? What's yeah. happening yeah. here? Stop it. Quit it. But it's like, you know, one's for this venue, yeah. one's for this venue. Yeah. But they're both there to sell toys. Mm-hmm. And also, I might like anime more if what I've been able to watch of it was subtitled rather than dubbed. Okay. That would also make it better for me. I don't like dubbed things. I tend to uh, reject it and my, my brain rejects it. Okay. So, which bothers Lisa because she likes to <laughs> watch dubbed things. Sure. Which I'm like, no. Does she like to do other things while she's watching Yes, she TV? does like to play, yeah. likes to play her boggle games. Yeah. So, or... Solitaire. I got the same. Th- I got the same thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've wanted to watch, and I can't uh, pronounce the last uh, word. The Umbrellas of Sherberg. Sher- yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a subtitle one. So yeah, it has because it's sung. Yeah, it's sung in so French. That's the, so, so yeah, that's got to be a time when we can like spend all the time looking at the screen, <laughs> and it's uh, it's tricky. Yes. To, to schedule that. Because there's also other things you've got to do. And some things you can have on in the background. And some things you can't just have on in the background. Mm, yeah. Gotta, yeah. I'm more of a dedicate myself entirely to it watcher. Because so. I'm old. Mm. I used to. Like the girls at home. I think you used to watch things that way anyway, right? What, what do you mean? Well, you would dedicate. Like if you were, if it was 30 years ago and you were watching something, you would still be watching it in the same way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a year old situation. It's a, I just mean, yeah, that you do it. that's just because that was the only way to watch it in those days, unless you were reading a book or something while the TV was going. Yeah, it would be. I'd be watching something, <laughs> something else. But uh, yeah, I know I tend to just immerse myself in the experience. That's how I like it. That's why I like going to movies because you're just totally immersed in the experience. It's like design, so you can't do other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the point sleep. where it's hard. I think it is hard for people, you know, and they want to like bring out their phones. They want to like look at something else. And it's like it's just too hard to like, especially when movies are so long now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the three-hour films and like ease, you know. Yeah. By this point in uh, Oppenheimer, you're just like, what's going? What's going on in the world? <laughs> I think Maybe. you see this in IMAX, and you're seeing all the court scenes in IMAX. You're seeing all the talks with people <laughs> sitting at a table in imax there you go it's I crazy like, i i was gonna go see it in imax like i want to see it in sure. imax because i always go to see movies at imax and if i can um and it was it, let's see so we we're gonna go we we're planning to go on the friday i looked on sunday so that was five days away and it was sold out yeah it was entirely sold out i looked two weeks ahead 
it's entirely sold out. Yeah. Uh, I can only look so far into the future because then it just doesn't, it doesn't, apparently isn't playing in the future, which isn't true because it'll, as long as people are going, it'll be in the IMAX theater. So and they're not going to replace it with uh, whatever. Unless they've made a deal with whatever so far in the past that uh, uh, well, got to do it. That was, I think, was the thing with uh, with Mission Impossible. Is, uh, you know, they they booked Oppenheimer in there. And mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Set because well, a very short window for uh, sure. Mission. But to be Which, f- by the way, you know, sorry. To be fair, yeah, Mission Impossible should have been in IMAX and then Oppenheimer. No, no. <laughs> there was like a couple of scenes in Oppenheimer that you go like, yeah, but like Mission Impossible, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And then it like shifts to everyone at the dinner table going, listen, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you something. But the di- I think the difference between the two, though, is like, was Mission Impossible filmed in IMAX? Or were they just playing it in a big, like, oh, in a, a big theater? Question. Because if you're just playing it in a big theater, that's one thing. But, you know, like, for good or bad, obviously... Uh, Christopher Nolan is a huge fan of IMAX. It's filmed in 70 millimeter IMAX, not just IMAX, but 70 millimeter sure. IMAX. So it's that huge, like it's 70 millimeters wide. It's seven centimeters wide film. Yeah. By the way, why don't we call it that? Seven centimeters? Yeah. I don't know. I guess because I know I it know. sounds cooler. It does sound cooler. But like it's 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 70 millimeters. Well, then yeah. it's seven centimeters. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Let's make it even smaller. Uh, it's three and a half decameters. The um, I don't know. It's it is that's true. It's funny. Like when you, I, I mentioned this a while ago. Like I used to read these woodworking magazines from from Britain, and they're all metric. But yeah, all their measurements weren't in centimeters. All their me- their measurements were all in millimeters. I guess because you don't have to break it down. Because if it's seventy eight point seven, that you know, or just seven hundred eighty seven millimeters, I guess that's easier. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like eight millimeter film. That's seventy millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it it is film like for like specifically for IMAX theaters. Like it can't be shown in that format. Obviously, they they also have also sure. made prints that can be shown in regular theaters. But for that, like uh, one of the reasons that that uh, it's so booked at the Clo- at Colossus or whatever they call it now in Langley is because that is the only theater in Western Canada that can show a seventy millimeter IMAX print. Mm-hmm. There's no other there's no other IMAX theaters in the area or any in. Alberta apparently that have that capacity. I think there's only six theaters in Canada that can show 70 millimeter IMAX. So that's why it's so popular. And, and I guess, and as far as Christopher Nolan goes, uh, the reason that he's no longer with Warner brothers is because they were pulling his films early from the theaters to get them onto, onto HBO. And that's why he left. That's why he left because he felt like they sabotaged Tenet. And so, uh, I don't think that there's got to be some sort of agreement between him and, and the studios that his movie plays until he's okay with it moving out. Yeah, Tenant, uh, uh, Tenant. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely IMAX. That makes makes a lot of sense. I didn't even see it in IMAX. I didn't I didn't know what I was seeing when I went to see it in the theater. Okay. Uh, did I just you know went... what you were seeing after you'd seen it? <laughs> That's a good question. Because I think I knew what I was seeing before I saw it. And then after I saw it, I was like, eh? I was like, well, you're, you're missing this element. Oh, all right. Whatever you say. I'll watch it again. Watch it again. Eh? I, I love that movie. Yeah, I don't need to. Maybe I don't need to know. That's yeah, that's fine. that's how I feel about that yeah, film. It's all right. That's how I feel about that movie. Like it's it's really interesting, but you'll never know exactly what's going on because it's it is very confusing. I mean, I've I've watched videos that explain it with red arrows and blue arrows sure. and try and show you directions and stuff like that, and you're like, mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. But please now explain that video. That do, you just do, yeah, can we get a video, can we get a video that explains it? Because I mean, I can understand. I can understand the going into the rotating machines that take them to the other side of the window or whatever. Like I understand that mechanism, and I can see that work how that works. But I have no clue what's happening in the battle sequence. Like I I do not understand at all what's what the like. Like I mean, I can see what's happening. Sure. Like I can see things blowing up and then you're, coming back and you're together. Assuming it makes sense. Yeah, and I'm just like, go for it. Like it's fun to watch. So I mean, what what more do you want, right? But at the same time, I just I don't know. Like what what is the purpose of this? Like what is the what is the goal of this besides the general thing of of you know getting that little apparatus, you know, the MacGuffin of the film, the yeah. the the whatever they call it, the algorithm or whatever. The, um, like you know, I understand that. But I mean, that could be done any any set any setting. It could be in that place where they store the paintings and stuff like that. It could be there, and it wouldn't yeah. matter. You know, they just they just have to get it, and then you know, and t- take it apart or stop stop it from what doing whatever it's going to do. So there's like some specific reason that it's happening in this sequence to get to it. They have to fight these guys and or and go backwards and fight and and but I don't know why. I have no idea, but yeah, I like. I like. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like a David Lynch movie, and I can watch one and discuss it later. And, yeah, and uh, and go like, yeah, there's some stuff I'm just not going to get. It's fine. <laughs> I think like when I go to see a Christopher Nolan movie, I feel like when I'm going to see like a real intense movie, mm. and you're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like I know it's going to be going to be some dazzling aspects, and yeah. it's worthwhile seeing. But it's also going to be some, you know. Guy that, eh? Yeah. It's pretty, mm. good, pretty good. Huh? And someone next sometimes you, it works, sometimes it someone doesn't. Someone yeah. next to you, like elbowing you and going, it's like, it's hard. My head hurts a bit. <laughs> it's, it feels like I'm playing chess. Ow, ow, ow. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's all good. Like, I'm, gl- I'm glad he's there and I'm glad he's making Good for him. Hooray. That's excellent. Yeah. I don't think the last one. You don't think Oppenheimer needed to be on next? No, he just likes that format. I guess, yeah, but I don't know what would be in that mm. that uh, that you know you'd go like now that scene <laughs> that would well, not have worked on a you know on a regular screen. You needed that, whereas like I think Mission Impossible, uh, yeah, the, it's it's fun. It's a it's a spectacle. Stream, yeah, yeah, it's a spectacle. Jump, you want to see motorcycle it. over the mountain? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that's should that, be IMAX. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. But yeah, no, it is odd, but that's just how how it is, I guess. I have new evidence for the court <laughs> in IMAX. As a theater goer, let's all have a drink. Let's make that martini <laughs> in IMAX. Check this out. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost uh, Dr. Tongue. <laughs> the well, are they? But are are those sequences even in IMAX? Because like when when. Mm. When Dark, when Dark Knight Rises played in theaters, you know, the, some of it was. Some with the aspect ratio would change, and some are weird. Like I remember bringing up in the show, but there's a scene where Joseph Gordon Levitt goes to, like, there's a big action sequence, and then it cuts. So that's all done in IMAX. You're like, makes sense. And then it it has one scene of Joseph Gordon Levitt pulling up to the to Wayne Manor and opening the car the car door, and then it cuts to the front of the car, and it, it's gone back to normal Panavision. Sure. You know, widescreen. So it's gone out of the IMAX form. For whatever reason, they filmed one shot of a car pulling up towards Wayne Manor in IMAX, in IMAX format with the, the square sure. IMAX, you know, uh, aspect ratio. Right, yeah, yeah, aspect ratio. And then as soon as it switches to the front of the car with, you know, Levitt doing whatever, it goes to back to Panavision. And you're like, oh, what? Okay. That's very odd. The uh, Here's the worst scene from that movie. 
The, the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, the worst scene from Dark Knight. There's Rises. a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, so it's 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 where uh, there's some sort of bureaucracy at the end, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt has got a form, and someone's looking at the a well, lady's looking at the form. Yeah. Like, oh, why don't you use your original name, Robin? And looks up at him, oh. and you just want to have the both slowly turn to the audience. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> it's like it's again. It's one of those things like. You know, uh, <laughs> what's your name? Ray. Ray who? It's yeah. like, listen, Star Wars, no, people have one fucking name. No one goes, it's Chewbacca. Chewbacca who? <laughs> Chewbacca Lips Lipowitz. Like, what are you fucking talking about? No one's, it, yeah. people have one fucking name. Yeah, That's Actually, the way it works. I think it's Chew Wants to Know. Yeah. This there is you a go. second name. But yeah, like, you don't yeah. have anyone, form, oh, why don't you use your original name? Oh, because I'm named after my dad, and uh, I hate my dad. Like you never would say that. No one would ever bring that up. Yeah, you yeah. Disrespect what name? And also, oh, your original name's so beautiful. What is it, Robin? That's not a beautiful name. That's okay. Yeah, and his name isn't even his name isn't even Robin in the in like the yeah stories like the actors. Because you're figuring he's gonna at some point go. Why don't you use your original name? It's so beautiful, Dick. Like, no, that's not gonna be. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> somehow somehow better and worse at the yeah. same time yeah yeah oh that's funny well the, the thing with christopher nolan is like like i, I like tenant a lot but i don't i don't see i don't really like the prestige very much i don't think that's a very good film it didn't okay didn't do anything for me when i watched it it's just kind of like well that's stupid i honestly could not tell you uh if yeah the the prestige i was mixed up with the other one whose name i can't remember but both came out around they both came at the same time one with christopher bale and one with yeah. uh Edward Norton. If you were to say to me which the, one's the Illusionist, no, the Somethingist, the, the Somethingist, something, yeah, but <laughs> it's not the Illusionist. But if you were to you say sure? to me which one was David uh, Bowie in, I'd go no. Prestige. Okay, he plays Tesla. Sure, that's what everyone likes about that I, movie. I, be, I believe you. That's the thing. That's... I believe you. But if you had said that it was uh, it was in the other one, uh, then uh, you know Magic yeah. Sam and the Wacky Case, <laughs> you know whatever it was, uh, some, something like the Illusionist. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, and I, as far as like, like the uh, the Dark Knight is a great movie. Batman Begins, it's okay, it's all right. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Knight Rises, oh my god, it's not even a movie. It's a car wreck. And then uh, Interstellar, I think is good. I don't think it's entirely good, but it has some good parts to it. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have Matt Damon in it, the movie wouldn't be any good. But uh, that's a very good sequence in the film. And then Ten, it's great. The robot in uh, in uh, in. Mm. Interstellar is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. If you explain the plot to someone, though, they would uh, go, <laughs> "What are you? What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, you just take a piece of paper, fold it in half, and stick a pencil through it, right? And also, yeah. the way to communicate with your daughter is through dust. <laughs> in the past, and the daughter's going to go, "You know what? I bet this is my future ghost dad." <laughs> like, is that what you think? <laughs> it's so important that I see her. There she is. Well, Dad, you can go now. Okay, bye. <laughs> Don't you have a son? Mm. What are you going to, are you going to talk to your son? Eh, I love my daughter. How about your son? It's fine. Sometimes dads don't uh, really love their sons that much. Yeah, it's apparently. Fine. Yeah, but their daughter. tough love. Tough love. Good. It's just a different love. You have tough love for your son. You have daughter love for your daughters. It's different. Just ask my son. Yeah, I, I think that's a thing in a, in, a, in, in a movie. Like how many scenes? Like you don't hear me talk about my son. No. Because it's tough love. Yeah, your son. Beautiful name. Dick Robin. <laughs> Dick Robin Dedrick. Uh, I I I think you get yeah. two, maximum three yeah. uh, scenes where you're allowed in your movie to just stop and have someone go. Wait a minute. 
How's this work? <laughs> and uh, it oh. felt like a lot of interstellar yeah. people just like literally just stopping <laughs> in the spaceship and just going. Well, what that's you the thing about to it. Remember is what love... time moves differently. Yeah, yeah. The best part is that they're in the spaceship. No one, no one brought this up before they took off. Like mm-hmm. now they're in space. Like, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me how this works? Oh well, it's like a folded piece of paper and you stick a pencil through it. Oh, I'm out. Well, yeah. What? You're in, the, you're in the spaceship. You can't There's go out. There's a bit of me like, I like playing games. I like games. Yeah. But if someone sets up a board. Mind games. And yeah. If someone sets up a board and there's all these squares on like infinite squares of different colors. Yeah. And then they bring out like a pamphlet, like a thick pamphlet. And like, okay, the rules are son of a bitch. Like I don't, oh, what? And that's what sometimes these movies are like. Yeah. Here's the rules. And now I know there's going to be a twist on the rules. Because you don't set up rules to not break the rules. So whatever you set up here, of just like the one thing you can never do is wear a hat. And you know there's going to be like, free hats! And they're going to put a hat on. Like, oh no, you broke the rules, you wear a hat. Now you are the thing that the hat is. And uh, now we got to like print direction. By the way, the rules you thought, they weren't really the rules. Like, all right, fine. You get to do that once. You get to do your twist. And now we get to establish the new rules. But don't just keep stopping the movie to just go, but the thing you don't understand, see, is... And communicate with it through this desk. <laughs> or find better ways to uh, get exposition th- yeah. dumped on people. Don't have exposition dumps. That's another rule. You know, just have a, f- a sense of... Maybe that's... I mean, there is, a ex- there is the exposition dump in Tenet where he goes and talks to the lady who was in the Harry Potter movies. Clement Posey? Clement Posey. What's that? There's a lot of women in there. <laughs> well, she was in the... You know, the good actor. The, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, she was boy. in the Goblet of Fire. Anyway. Andy Smith? No. <laughs> uh, that is sort of an exposition dump because it kind of explains to you how, like, you know, the people from the, the people from the past are saying stuff to the... Or the people from the future are saying stuff to the past. And so the things from the, the future react in a different way than things from the present. And, but, you know, so... You do get a lot of that there. But at the same time, it doesn't over-explain it. You know, it just kind of puts it out there. And then you're just kind of left to figure yeah. it out, you know, which I kind of like. And it's in, like, I'm thinking about California Split for whatever reason. And I was thinking, like, is there like an exposition dump in that film? I don't really think so. I think there's like one scene in the whole movie where they try to explain Elliot Gould's character a little bit. But it's really like one remark. And from that you, and he says something and someone else says something about him. And so you understand, oh... Okay, he's a guy that just gambles. That's all he does. And if he can't make, can't get by like that, he'll just do whatever he needs to to make some money so that he can go back to the track or wherever he goes. And you just know that from two remarks. That's all you need to understand about that character. It's all that matters about that character, you know. And I think, and I don't know, like if it's just a modern problem or if it's, or if it's just like the seventies decided to skip all that stuff, hmm. you know. But it feels like they didn't worry about it. You know, judging by that movie. And I'd have to like watch, what else did I watch recently that was a 70s film? I watched Night Moves with Gene Hackman. Uh, I think that's directed by Arthur Penn. How did that hold up? Very good. It's a very good film. Oh my gosh. He plays like a private detective in the film whose wife is, um, she's well known, but I can't remember who, who the actress is now. But she, oh, I'm not super well known, but you you'd recognize her as a <laughs> character actress. Anyway, she um, she's, doesn't really like that he does it, mm-hmm. you know, but he kind of likes the kind of the, 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 the rough and tumble of it all and the kind of low life elements of it. And she doesn't cause she's, she's kind of a little bit classier than that, you know, in terms of her job and stuff like that and what she's interested in. There's a film, seeing the film where she goes to see like a movie by a fancy foreign director 
He's not interested. Jennifer in, Warren. No, not Jennifer Warren. Okay. She plays the wife of another person Janet in the film. Ward? I can't remember. I'd have to see her face. Okay. Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith plays a young girl in the film. She's she's a teenager. No, this is all I can help you with. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Oh, uh, someone I was directed with is uh, directed by is Oh. Yeah. Can you guess who? I was directed by this person, and they play the role of boy in this movie. Yes. Oh, I sorry, I don't know. Dennis Dugan. Oh, director of. Happy That's Gilmore. right. I forgot that he was in the film, but yes, he is in the movie. That's right. When I saw him, I said, "Oh, it's Richie Brockelman." His character from the Rockford Files everywhere, because I live in the Rockford Files universe. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a very good film, and it's a, it's one of those convoluted uh, '70s hard-boiled films or like detective films where there's a lot of back and forth and double crosses and this sure. and that. And early James Woods film as well. He's really yeah. good in it. Um, was it Susan Clark? You think Susan Clark? Yes, she plays the wife. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw her. And later on, she was in a sitcom, right, with uh, that former football player. Oh, was uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Small uh, Webster, one? Webster. Webster, Webster. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Small Webster. Small was, Webster. Yes. No, we're, uh, it was uh, Manuel Lewis was a robot named Webster <laughs> who could only quote different strokes. I can't remember everything. So anyway, Night Moves, a really good film. Yeah. Whereas the, Gary Colvin had uh, what you're talking about, Willis, and uh, and Webster had what's your fucking problem? But they mm. would bleep it every time. Yeah. Holy cow! What's your bleep problem? I'm like, whoa! Oh, Webster. Yeah. And then uh, he went on to that uh, uh, BCTV talk show, Webster, which no one will get. <laughs> but there was a TV show called Webster in uh, BC. I, I claimed... With Jack Webster. I claimed on this, this week's Horse Mysteries, which just came out on Thursday, everyone, uh, that I made the most obscure ref- reference of a most obscure joke of all time. And Lisa said, no, you didn't. So uh, I said that I've made the most obscure joke that I've ever made in my life. And she said, no, you didn't. Oh, so, okay. Saying that, no, even that joke was... was uh, but it was it was obscure. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was such an obscure reference. But anyway, um, Arthur Penn directed probably one of the greatest Fandius Siakla '60s films that uh, like end of the whatever end of the decade. Uh, Siakla actually means end of the century, but end of the '60s decade, which is Alice's Restaurant. Oh, okay. Which from the source material, which is a Song. a very long. 18-minute-long endurance course of a of a of a novelty song. If you want it to, if you want an endurance course with that song, uh, have a friend uh, say the whole song to you one night. They memorized the whole yep, song. Yep, they sure fucking did. <laughs> That's amazing. And they told me the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, you wanted to do that old joke, which is like, uh, "Hey, who does that song?" Arvo Guthrie. Well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh. even I mean, my feeling about that song is like you've—if you've listened to all eighteen minutes of it, you'd never need to listen to it again. Like it's just, sure, sure. It's yeah. weird. Like it's weird that it was like so popular, that it was like it was so popular that they made a movie based on the yeah. title of the the song. Like that's popular. Yeah. But the movie is not like it's not a comedy necessarily. It's not not a comedy, but it's not a comedy. It's actually like a really serious examination of the 60s and the idea of responsibility in an era of irresponsibility of people who don't want to plan for the future mm-hmm. you know and also like uh people who people who maybe are well-meaning but are also taking advantage of all of the sort of lackadaisical culture to be to like kind of insert themselves in positions of authority over other people that maybe shouldn't be there you know, it's a really interesting film. It explores all these really interesting things. I'm just looking up the uh, the, the the film, just seeing who was in it. Well, Arlo Guthrie stars in it. Yep. 
Uh, Pat Quinn. I don't really know any of their names that pop into my head. It's... James Broderick. Pete Seeger. You know Pete Seeger. Sure. Right? I don't think he has much of a role in the film, but he okay. maybe pops in for a second. Friend of the family. Yeah, there. Are, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not a lot of like well-known actors. Yeah, yeah. But it is a really good film. It's really good. And then later on, of course, Arthur Penn uh, directed Penn and Teller get killed. Did he really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's one of those guys Which that sometimes people go like, "Oh, was he related to?" Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. no. Just yeah. they wanted to have like a real director. Yeah. And they're like, "We don't want this to be like a silly little movie." Yeah. You know, we want to like Arthur Penn. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. gonna direct it, and this is gonna he's gonna ground, and it wasn't the greatest movie in the world. Yeah. But yeah. like you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. To it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a guy who's kind of at the end of his career. He's not going to have the authority that he would have had, you know. Like he directed Little Big Man. He directed. Was it Bonnie? Was it Bonnie and Clyde? Or no, I think that's. Or maybe he did do Bonnie and Clyde, but I'm not sure if it was the Chase. Yeah, he did Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie and Clyde. And Clyde. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a that's a that is a uh, like that was a change. That was like a movie that changed like how how people made movies. You know, especially in Hollywood. You know, that was such a popular film. That there was like people trying to catch up to to what it was. Yeah, second you to know. the last movie he did, and then it was Lumiere and Company was was uh, he did a segment of that. But I was going to say that's yeah. Penn just... and Teller uh, get killed was the the last um, full movie he did in '89. Hmm. Yeah. And if he did Lumiere and Company, he may have just used some footage. He may have just shot a lot of the stuff you see that is in Lumiere and Company are kind of candid moments on the set of another film where the director was already working on it. No, oh, so he did he, the Miracle. World. Oh yeah. Another good film. Yeah, just one of those kind of, you know, jack of all trades kind of a guy that, you you know, he's not like, that's a science fiction director or that's a Western director. He just kind of did it all, you know, like, uh, yeah, good career, an amazing, a good director as well. Speaking of uh, people who had uh, good careers that uh, sadly passed away uh, this week, um, uh, Paul Rubens passed away. Yes. It was, uh, you know, I was, I was watching... It was I was watching a, a clip of him on Letterman, like an early, early clip okay, on okay. Letterman. And, as as Pee Wee Herman, but the early yeah. Pee Wee Herman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh neither of them has their shit down yet. Like <laughs> it's just so loose and kind of sloppy and you yeah, can tell yeah. they're enjoying each other. Yeah. But like oh, now's the place where you put a little thing in there. Like they have at one point do uh, you know, a green screen thing where like Pee Wee's driving with like a steering wheel that's loose and hands yeah. it to Dave <laughs> and what have you. And yeah. it's like, you think, oh, there's going to be some bits in this. Yeah, nope, yeah. that's it. That's the end. Like everything has one level to it. Sure. Like, hey, check this out. He puts a hairnet on. Nothing. Nothing beyond that. <laughs> and then it goes, eh, it goes okay. And then it's like, uh, hey, uh, I, I, I'm practicing trampoline tricks. Do you want to see? Sure. And has all these people around the trampoline to protect him. Yeah. And then he like like kind of lands on his ass and then lands on his knees and it's okay but it's like you brought a trampoline into the studio and yeah. this was it i think i think the point of those was the kind of the smallness of them you're thinking overthinking i think <laughs> i think they didn't know i think they were just killing time okay, okay. you know but uh, it's weird watching that and just going and he became the elder statesman for talk shows. Yeah. And then he did one of the best movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then went on to this, you know. Definitely. Uh, well, I know it's in Lisa's top five films, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Here's a question I have. But, and so, you know, rest in peace, Paul Rubin. Uh, and, and he continued to do, like, other, like, uh, uh, great yes, stuff. Yes, uh, but He uh, did get, he, his career obviously got destroyed. For a period of time. For a period of time. But, I mean, I mean, it could never recover again from that, like, you know. I know he did like another Pee Wee Herman film, but you know. Yeah, one for Netflix as well. Like yeah, later on. yeah, and that's more. 
And then he appeared like on everything. Like he, you know, he was, mm-hmm. you know, he was in that that first Buffy movie that didn't do uh, great, but yeah. he's great in it. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Uh, and then you know, on sitcoms for forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I mean, he had yeah. a working career, and then sure, he did sure. a Broadway show. The revamp of the Broadway show that did incredibly well. That's good. Um, so yeah, he's he's fine. It didn't mm-hmm. destroy him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking in terms so, of like we should be so destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking in terms of where he was, like you know, with his children's television show, and you know, it's kind of you know that was very popular. It was a really popular thing, and then you know that ended for him, obviously. True, and but then you like, can try to think of anyone else that was like parallel to that at the time. And, uh, you know, where are they now? Yeah, are they as, yeah. like, beloved, like, now as no, he was true. then? But, I mean, it was so good, like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, it was But it went on, so how spurless. many years did that go I on? Think six years on yeah, television. Yeah, so, like, that's a six-year run. That's yeah. amazing. It's for... amazing in itself, yeah, yeah. Now, here's yeah. my here's a question I have for you. But I just want to say, for someone who claimed, always claimed that he did, he was Pee Wee Herman was not for adults. It was purely for children. That was his, what he always claimed, like, these, these jokes and stuff are not for adults. These are for kids to enjoy. And that's what he always said. And so I, I just wonder if maybe that venue or avenue was kind of closed to him after the, the thing. And so the Pee-wee, Pee-wee Herman as a character kind of took on a different sure. cast after that. But, and obviously he didn't really revive, use the character very much after that either. He, you know, like in Buffy, he's not Pee-wee Herman. He's Paul no. Rubin playing a vampire character. And later on, when he's making appearances in sitcom, he's appearing as Paul Rubin, comedic actor, and a very good actor as well. Right. But then, another another one of the groundlings, you know, like like what the talent that came out of there is pretty amazing when you think about mm-hmm. the pe- people that came out of the groundlings. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd say like the Pee Wee character was less destroyed, like in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. Again, the, the Broadway Pe- yeah, show. Yeah, people forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Broadway show run was yeah. like so incredibly successful. Um, here is a running gag that uh, I think he was starting off with that got dropped 100%, <laughs> which was, you know, he had a present for Dave and gave Dave the present. And it was it was fine. It was like a, a doll head with the Kleenex dispenser in it. Yeah. And he went, uh, that's from my sister, Henrietta Herman. You know, all everyone in my family has an H name. My dad's name is Harold. And then he goes like, well, why are you Pee Wee? It's like, well, that's not my real name. Yeah. Like, what's your real name? I can never tell you. <laughs> you can never know. And so it's like, Pee Wee is just a nickname. Yeah. But like, one day the name will be revealed, what his real name is. And yeah. then over time, Pee Wee is just yeah. his real name and they yeah. threw that away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a weird joke. Um, here's, here's my question for you, and maybe you know, because okay. you're a movie knowledge person. Why uh, did he never work with Tim Burton again? Because it seems like that mm. the, that is the best work yeah. that both of them have ever done. Yeah, was working does. together. Sure. Then they never worked together again. And and also, yeah. as far as I know, never said a bad word about each mm. other, mm. but just never worked together yeah. again. Oh, except for uh, he does make a cameo in Batman Returns. Oh, but really? As, as what? Yeah, as uh, Penguin's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's the one who... Uh, him and his wife see the baby and go, oh, yeah. nope. <laughs> and Moses style. Put it cast in. it cast it away. Later, he uh, <laughs> redid that role yeah. on the TV show Gotham, where he was the Penguin's dad. Okay. Yeah. And Done. ends up getting, and Carol Kane is the mom. Yeah. I mean, that's a killer combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're both nuts. <laughs> and uh, then both end up getting killed. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, do you know why? I why don't, I was? don't know. I don't know at all. Yeah. 
it's and, a weird and, thing. And, and also, Phil Hartman being involved in it as well. Like he he but was. Phil was part of the development of the of the original yes, uh, yes. live show. So yeah. that makes sense. That it makes sense extent. that he worked on this screenplay, but he didn't work on the screenplay for Big Top Pee Wee, and that doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't you bring? He'd be busy. I guess. I mean, he, by that point, he's Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, he's starting to work, do acting and stuff. But it feels like yeah, beyond, if beyond do, starting to do acting, he is starring in movies, not great movies. Was he really at like, that yeah, point? Yeah. And like by the time, hmm, I can't remember when Big Top Pee Wee came out. So, huh? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's yeah, a good question. I, I, stopping I've often to do that another too. person's film, yeah. character film, yeah. wouldn't make sense for Phil Hartman at that point when everyone's like, "Hey, that's Phil Hartman." I remember there was one film, yeah, where he was like, uh, there was a neighbor who he was like in a conflict with, and, I, and it was, I forget what that film was called, but yeah, let me look and see. Because Tim Burton co- co-wrote the screenplay for, for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That makes sense. And, cause you, so you couldn't argue like that he wanted more creative control over things. Like, you know, he was, what, what did he do after Pee-wee's Big Adventure went on to, to do, what would he have done after that? Like, uh... Who are we talking about? Like Tim, Edward Tim Scissorhands? Would that, was that, would that have come out after Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Or what, what do you think? Oh, yeah, out? it came out after... I'm but sorry, I mean, I'm looking up Phil, I just wonder what came immediately Phil Hartman's after. Oh, okay. uh, uh, career. You know, uh, where I'm trying to think of things that he would be starring in. I mean, he was in like Coneheads and... Yeah, but he's not know, starring in it. House Guest, I think, was the, uh, was the movie. I think everyone who was a, a member... All the Way, he's in. Okay. Yeah. He's just doing. He's Small doing character soldiers, roles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So you're looking for Tim Burton's uh, career. So yeah, I was just curious, like what, like, because you know, I could see like maybe he wanted to kind of follow his own his own screenplays and stuff like that, do his own thing. Yeah, he wanted to do like 75 films with Johnny Depp and, and then Helena <laughs> Bonham Carter. I can understand that. Well, he was married to Helena Bonham Carter, so that makes sense. But okay, so Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. The next film was Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Then the next film was Batman. Oh man! So he's that in, changes the world. Yeah, I was gonna say he's he's f- f- firmly entrenched in this in the theater in the in the like movie business. That but he's not gonna be doing little movies with Pee Wee Herman. He's he's gonna be planning the next Batman movie. That's gonna take him a long time to for work on. And then he had like you know obviously had his own movies he wanted to do like Edward Scissorhands and yeah Batman Returns, then Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes. Remember Planet of the Apes? Uh, no, I never big saw it. Fish. <laughs> big Fish. It's okay. Traveling Chocolate Factory, that was a film. It's okay. The film Corpse Bride, that was all right. Sweeney Todd, yeah, we got, we're, we're now, now I'm getting sad. <laughs> he directed Dumbo? Yeah, that's the most recent thing he did, isn't it? And Miss uh, Peregrine, no, no. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, it is, you're right, correct. Because Miss Peregrine, I forgot he directed that one, that's one yeah, I, I forgot he directed. Miss, <laughs> I thought Miss Peregrine. He also directed one in town here, Big Eyes, that, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Miscast. Oh, who Miscast. would you have said uh, should be in it? I just don't like. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that actor, the German actor, who is in uh, Inglorious Bastards and other films. I like him in Inglorious Bastards a lot. I think he's very good in that film. But I, I really, I'm not a big fan of him and anything else he's ever done. Okay. I can't remember his name though. Sorry. That is. Uh, that I've is erased awful. it from my mind. That is. Christoph all... Christoph Waltz <laughs> is his name. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. I really like him in Inglorious Bastards. He's very good. Saying words that were given to him by Quentin Tarantino. It's very good in that film. But yeah, I didn't, I couldn't see any, like, you know, the story of Big Eyes, it's about a, a, this woman who's a talented painter, but turns over her, like, like her life and her career to this charismatic husband that she marries. But Christoph Waltz cannot convey that. Like, the, when you, his character does not make you think, oh, I can see why, like, his, his, his own presence as an actor doesn't make you say, oh, I can see why someone would like 
lose themselves to this man and kind of he would become her Svengali. I can I can understand that. Sorry, I was trying to think of the the victim of Svengali. Oh, that's a very good question. I can look it up if you want. No, it's okay. All right. I feel like I was cheating. Anyway, <laughs> so um man. Uh yeah, so I don't know. I just I just don't find him that appealing. Like I just don't like and then, you know, he's also in uh recently he was in Alita Bat- Battle Angel and he kind of plays like the the scientist who finds her and like rebuilds her and stuff like that. And he's okay in that part. But it's it's beyond ridiculous that he's also this guy who goes out and fights the monstrous robot creations that are that are they're out in the city. You're just like, "Well, no, that's not that person's thing like that's yeah. not that's not who he is as an actor like why would you take this actor who is this and then make him into an action hero like it doesn't make any sense like it doesn't work it doesn't it's not it doesn't my mind can't my man can't go there even i just don't understand what i'm looking at so yeah i just and that's not his fault i just feel like he's miscast in those films yeah just going back to the the, the, the peewee herman thing yep uh yeah, I just wonder, like, why, like... Why is this I so mean, great? like, I get once you've done Batman and you can write your own ticket. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. And then and then Paul Rubens is doing the TV show. Yeah. Or, like, he's, you know, still got the TV... He had this TV show while he was... While the movie came out, right? Is that I think correct? I think it came after it. I think oh, the yeah, movie yeah, was that would reason. make more yeah. sense. You're 100% right. That would yeah. have to make more sense. But, like, you know, everyone... They're both riding high. Yeah. And, like, but then later... Yeah. Like, you know, when we're getting into, you know, the 2000s. Yeah. Know. You know, like, yeah. why not, uh, hey, guys. Yeah. Do you ever hang out and do stuff? Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he didn't want to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he felt like you can't, we can't beat it. Yeah. You'll never top that film. And yeah, he's probably right. Like, I know they, you know, they did Big Top Pee Wee. Which is a different film. Would be a fine, be okay film before Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but... After Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like, well, yeah, it's got a it's got a darker tone to <laughs> yeah. it. It's uh, it's 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 lesser. It's more compact. Yeah, Pee-wee's uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday was uh, I think expectations were lowered, and yeah. so I was like, oh, that's yeah, fine. That's all right. That was pretty good. That's good. Yeah, we good. That's pretty good. Movie. And then the Broadway show, you know, people were like, oh, you know, it's a nostalgia trip. Here we. Oh wait, no, this is way better than you mm. thought it was going to be. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I think with By the uh, way, Pee-wee's uh, Holiday Special is uh, still very very good. Yeah, that's also really watching. good. Yeah, but that's more in the playhouse world, anyways. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I mean, what makes his hall? What was it called? His the last one was called Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Pee-wee's Big Holiday, which makes it good, is that it's like a good script. Like it actually has like good jokes in it and stuff. Which I feel like Big Top Pee-wee. There's not like a lot of great jokes, and the ones that are the jokes that are there are just so-so. Like I don't know. It's just not a very appealing film. Like the characters aren't that appealing. No one seems what to like the each last other. You saw it once. I've only seen it once, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. See it again. Okay. You'll watch it very differently now. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you're expecting uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah, it's a letdown. Yeah. If you watch it as its own thing, it's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe that's where it it fell down for me. Yeah. I, I literally only watched it once, and I watched it a long time ago because mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater when it was released. Pee-wee wanting sex. Is, yeah, it uh, didn't work for me. No, I know, but it would now. Okay. You go like I think. You know, you've changed. We've all changed. You'd be like, yeah, be all right. In this post-COVID world, we're okay with childlike characters wanting to have sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I should give it another chance. One of these days. If I see it playing somewhere, I'll watch it. I watched the beginning of uh, Mighty Aphrodite the other day. Because I, the, when I saw it in the theater, the projectionist had forgot to change the, the lens from, an, from anamorphic to just standard. 
And so when they were... Is the movie, uh, movie version of the Animorphs books? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, they, of course, the previous movie was the Panavision film. So it's squeezed on the, in the frame of the, of the, of the, of the print. Mm-hmm. And so then the anamorphic lens spreads it out across the screen. Ah. Uh, but when they played Mighty Aphrodite, which was not filmed in Panavision, believe it or not, it just squeezed everyone down. So it looked like all these very thick-bodied characters who are very short were, t- were intoning the, as, the, as the Greek chorus at the beginning of the, the movie. And so I couldn't, see, I couldn't see them, and it was very distracting. And then someone did come and rescue it and twisted the lens, like it, the standard lens made the movie look normal. And Mira Savino, yeah, she won the Academy She won the Award Academy Award for that. And the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. It's a good performance. Why, why is she supporting us in that? Who's the actress then? Yeah, it's a dumb, it's a dumb, uh, it's one of those weird academy things where they maybe, maybe the studio thought that she would have a better chance because that's a Miramax film. It's not Miramax anymore, I noticed in the credits before the movie started, mm. but it was originally a Miramax film. Right. Which is what got her in so much is trouble. Is that because of the Weinstein thing? And like the yeah, 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 yeah. So the Weinstein company and all that stuff is gone now. So other companies are distributing uh, films that were previously Miramax films. And so... Um, yeah, so it's it, I think Miramax wanted because their thing Harvey Weinstein's thing was to get Oscars. That's how he felt was the way to promote his films, right? To get up, so you know he would he would do these huge, like really like heavy media media heavy, yeah. you know, advertisements and all the rest of it to try to get his actors, actresses, whatever into you know into the Oscar uh, nom- you know nominated, and that one paid off. For whatever reason, but I think the reason they did that was to make it more likely that she'd win, because no. they probably thought it was too many heavyweights. I don't. I have no idea who was up for an Oscar that year, but yeah, it seems strange when you're clear, like when you're clearly the, the lead. When yeah. you're the title character, you're the title character, and you clearly are the lead. Like, like it's obviously Woody Allen and her, like Helena Bonham Carter, yeah. supporting actress. But he wouldn't win for best supporting actress, you know, not in this climate, <laughs> uh, and so on and so forth. Yes, he wouldn't even win for for lead actress. No. You know, this shows you not in this climate, <laughs> not nowadays, not in that climate, not in these woke times, not in any kind, not even that time. Before those are pre woke days. They were pre woke. Everyone was still asleep. See, we were oh, still it was a nice relaxing nap. <laughs> oh, you don't get asleep like that. Uh, you know, unless Anymore. it's the mid nineties. And what's the name of the guy? We all were a little bit asleep in the mid nineties. I think there was a period from like ninety three to ninety seven where everyone just took like this is get some Z's. Yeah. What's the name Woke of the, up, the actor who plays like here. the dumb guys in, in movies? He's he's in that film too, right? Because Woody Allen tries to like get them together, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now like uh, discovered uh, TikTok and Instagram, unfortunately. Oh, okay. And he's got a lot of strong opinions that are not well researched. <laughs> it's like, oh, just oh. call it. He means well, <laughs> but it's that nice feeling of a guy at a party who really wants to tell you something. Yeah, like, yeah. All right, all, all right. right, buddy. Every day is a scene from Slacker for this guy. I don't, uh, you know. Uh, you know, of course, she got really messed up by by Weinstein, and he like, mm. destroyed her career. Sorry about destroyed careers. Yes, like not a but she's, Herman destroyed career. Yeah, yeah. As in, it was a couple of seconds, and then the, the someone yes. came back. Uh, this was really yeah. Uh, so she is the only reason that I'm like, uh, oh, good about whatever that movie about sex trafficking that just came out. <laughs> yes, something made, something for freedom or whatever that made yeah. like Avatar money. Yeah, and much like Avatar, no one I know saw it. <laughs> no one saw it. It did it make was, Avatar money. It made it, it had, had an Avatar. It week. had one strong weekend. Yeah, but it's only made like fifty million dollars all in. Uh, the last time I was looking, yeah, I was like, 
compared to like the three hundred million dollars oh, that, that Indiana up. Jones made, because it beat it beat Indiana Jones for, as a for, on its opening weekend this movie. But that was one of those things where like you know where mega people like they all go out and they like they they bulk. What are you looking at? Oh, just I'm looking at her Wikipedia page. Oh, and uh, and uh, she was in a movie called Human Trafficking. Mm. Uh, where she was nominated for something, I'm like, and I thought, like, did they just get the name wrong of the movie <laughs> she was just in? But yeah. uh, but no, I don't think she is on the same level as Jim Casaville, Ka- Ka- who's in his the lead in that movie, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Okay, it's so grossed. Uh, it's grossed 156 million dollars. So it's gone up since I was reading about it. But yeah, I mean, everyone was claiming that it was gonna, it was gonna, it was beating. Indiana Jones, blah, 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 but it's really only made half of what Indiana Jones made. But it also theater. was made for $14 million. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, cheap garbage. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I don't, I don't know, you know. But it does have Jim Casaville in it, who's a legitimate actor and a pretty good actor, too, if you've seen him in uh, Thin, Blue, or Thin, Thin Red Line, the Terrence Malick film. Yeah, and you liked him in... Uh, uh, person of Interest? Pers- uh, an interesting person. Interesting person. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the actors in an ensemble. I wasn't, like, watching the show for him. We need to but... solve this crime. We're gonna need an interesting person. <laughs> guy in a suit. Person. Guy in a suit. Um, he used to be a boring person. <laughs> now. And then he read up on things. Now he's interesting. Paying attention. Now he's interesting, and he fights crime. That's an interesting person. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'd like to call an interesting person to the stand. Oh. Ooh. Well, oh, well. I'd like to see an interesting person. <laughs> Do you swear that you're interesting? Have things to say and won't let your stories drone on? Okay. Oh, that was nice. It's very tight. <laughs> Didn't even say I do. We just went right K, like sharp. I love, do. Love Is he getting married? I'd like to start with a joke, please. <laughs> I, oh, oh, that's nice oh. to start with a joke. <laughs> That'll be a short one. Oh, that's even better. Oh, this is fantastic. Not going to go on and on. Um, yeah, how but many it... comedians does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, how many? <laughs> Three. Uh, one, to, one to change it, and the other two to go, how long has he been up there? <laughs> that's right. That's how comedians... He is a full-on QAnon, like Jim Casavio. Oh, I know. He is like gone yeah. to cuckoo land. Oh, yeah. You don't let him uh, talk. Mira Servino, I think, is just looking for some money. Like, she just needs a yeah. paycheck. a gig's a gig. She's not... She's not uh, and, you any don't begrudge her shit. And, not, like, and also... Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't. Well, but any of the press you see her involved in this film, she's just kind of like, well, you know, I... You know, it's very talk around a lot of... My, my feeling on that is this, like... You know, if I if I see anyone going for Mira Savino and this kind of thing, and if they're trying to, you know, mm. as they say, cancel her, <laughs> uh, I feel the same way that I feel about Ellen DeGeneres, which is just like she was actually canceled <laughs> once for nothing. So you know what? You got a freebie in the bank. She can talk whatever shit she wants right now, and it's fine. We're not going to cancel her now. Yeah, done. Right, We've people, already done it. People talking about canceling? That's terrible. Yeah. Well, same thing no, with Ellen you know, she was Well, yeah, that's ridiculous as well. For no goddamn reason. So now, you know, yeah, she's a little grumpy at work. Oh, is she? <laughs> oh, no. So is David Letterman. No yeah, one said anything so about Letterman. that. You fucking love Letterman. And he was like banging everybody and asking people to like slap him in the face. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently it's a job with a lot of pressure that makes people kind of go screw loose. So... Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't forget about it. But there's a really good scene in, well, we talked about that scene in the Barbie film where, um, oh, wait, I can't wish, I can't think of the actress's name from, uh, you know who I mean, though. She was Margot in that TV Robbie? show. Not Margot Robbie. No, the the, mm-hmm. the Latino, Latina actress. America. America, P- yeah. Perez? I think, I can't. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. She was in that fun show that was on. Uh, Superstore. 
Nope, before that. Okay, well, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't remember names. Come on. America Ferreira. That was her That's name. her name, America Ferreira, yes. And what was the show she was in that was just fun? Well, it was the show she was in that was fun was Superstore. No. I'm trying to look up. Before Superstore. Well, I am trying to look up the, sto- the, the show that you're talking about. All right, so that's film. So she was, it was television? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, was it, uh, she was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was in uh, Gentrified. She was in We Crash. She was in uh, no, Inside about, Amy Schumer. This would have been all before that. Gee. Year of Living Dangerously. She was <laughs> in The Good Wife. She was in Handy Manny. Oh. She was in Ugly Betty. Ugly mm. Betty? No. Oh, Jesus. I thought for sure that was going to be it. <laughs> Well, maybe it was Ugly Betty. Anyway, it was like kind of a fun show that parodied like the telenovela of the... Okay, that's uh, Ugly Betty, yeah. Oh, okay, Ugly Betty. Okay, sorry. I didn't remember the title of it. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun show. But anyway, she her speech good. her speech in, in Barbie... She has a great speech. She has a great speech where she just talks about the ridiculous expectations that women... Uh, are expected to thrive under, and uh, it's very, it's a very good speech. I'm not going to try and duplicate it. Watching uh, the audience during that speech, jaws were dropped. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're just saying it. <laughs> they're just actually saying it. Okay, there we go. It's great because because of the fact that also that it acts as a way to break the the spell of this. Uh, I don't want to give away too much of the film. It's a fun film, everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's let's calm down some of the how people are exclaiming about it. Cause if you go in with really high expectations, like I did, you'll be, you'll have to lower your expectations a little bit. So just go in like medium expectations yeah, and then they'll be raised up. A burning Barbies in a trash can. <laughs> you put a little video up going, Dave destroys I, the Barbie movie. I still have Barbies at home. The girls would not let us get rid of their Barbie motor home and all the rest of these things that take up 400 feet of, of house, uh, 400 square feet of house space. And you've still got them at your place? Yes. You know, they'd make a good housewarming gift. For the girls? All your shit back into you. Here, enjoy. Yes. Take it over to their place. (laughs) No, no, no. They don't have room for that nonsense. Uh, But yeah, we have, yeah, the girls loved all that stuff when they were, but they they loved it in their own way, which I think is the best, you know, like, you know, they just had their own stories. I was telling you about Constance Constance Jalorison the other day, uh, which was, a name the girls came up for one of their one of their little skipper or whatever characters. Oh, that's a good name. I know. I love that name. I always want. I always want Mary. To, I was always like Mary. Write a story and use that name in it. It's such such a good name. But yeah, they had all these elaborate backstories. In fact, when I think you write your novel. You make a Constance Jalorison. I think that they. I think that they um, had more fun making up the elaborate backstories of their characters than actually like playing the games because they would just spend. It's a real D and D. They situation. would spend hours, literally hours, setting them down, sure. setting them up, and then t- t- telling each other all the elaborate st- uh, backstories of other characters. And they did that with their littlest pet shop toys as well. They just had the most amazingly elaborate backstories. I just loved it all. It was just great. I used to babysit this uh, kid, and yeah, it was basically the same deal with their He-Man dolls. And they would do this huge backstory, like enormous backstory before we could start playing. Huge. And then it would just be like, fight! And then like, like, what's out of the backstories enter into this? <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's a lot to this. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of dogs at home. Well, yeah, but even if they're going to fight, like really that's, good. He that's like, own, that's like they watch house. wrestling. They obviously watch wrestling. Yeah. Because wrestling is all backstory. The fight is not that important. It's all the backstory to the fight. That's what really matters. And the interviews. Which is part of the backstory. How, you think you're going to win this one? Well, I don't want to brag, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Typically, your typical wrestling interview. Yeah. Right there, another guy smashing a full bottle of beer in his forehead. And the, uh, and the interviewer really shocked by all this. Like, I don't I believe this. What's going on? Yeah, what's, 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 what's happening here? <laughs> it's sort of like when I watch the news now, I watch CNN, and someone's like really 
like the the anchor's like shocked by all this. It's mm. like, listen, Anderson Cooper, <laughs> you are not fucking shocked anymore. Shut up. You are. Look, you, there's a lot of things yeah. you are right now, but one of them isn't. I can't believe this. I'm like, really, you can't believe it. Roll the clips of him <laughs> saying the same thing yeah. from 15 years ago. Here's you being shocked while you're in a hurricane <laughs> at a similar situation. Come on. <laughs> but to circle back around from Barbie uh, to back to Ellen DeGeneres, uh, to that speech really speaks to that story, you know, yeah. where there's these incredibly hypocritical, you know, requirements of you have to be a boss, but you can't be, you can't be demanding. You have to, you know, like, that's a boss. Like, you're not supposed to like your boss, mm-hmm. you know, like you're not supposed to hate your boss. But your boss shouldn't be your friend. They're bossing you around. That's their job. Right. You know, like, it's just, uh, anyway. It's weird. It's like people went in with, like, people go get a job with the wrong idea of what the job entails. You know, they're like, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to sit around, campfire, roasting marshmallows. Alan's going to be telling us stories. And oh, I got to work. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, well, I think like I think what happens a lot of times with job interviews is you think uh, I got to get this job just because mm. you need to pay the rent. So it's like I got to get this job. Mm. So all you think about is I've got to get this job. Do you want this job? That's irrelevant. <laughs> I need to get a job mm. because I need to pay the rent. Yeah, and I, I'm not in a position where I can be fussy about jobs. But then you get into the job, and now you're working at the job, and this job is like taking up eight hours of your day, if not not including travel time. Yeah, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> this is my this is my job now is being my at job a job. Now? Yeah, my job used to be trying to get a job. Yeah, which is a very different job. Sure, but I think any, anyone who's working on Ellen has had a job. I don't think they're just coming out of. Do you think they're just coming out of college and getting a job? Yeah, they're interning probably. Oh, they're probably they're probably interns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I think people who are interning would that be like the hardest thing you could do because you're doing like a lot of work and not getting anything. And for you it. don't know what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, what is your job? Because yeah. an intern. Is, you know, you do whatever the person you're interning for tells you to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably not getting as much direction as you need. And then you're also working with people who are making infinity money and you're making nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. you are socially so different. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Go get the coffee agree. for the millionaires. Okay. <laughs> How's that in your head? Well, I think there's something wrong with the system. Well, that's the thing. Like, And this person's probably like graduated from Harvard or something like that. And they're yeah. like, okay, I graduated from Harvard. I'm getting people coffee. Yeah. America's Oxford, or is it America's Cambridge? I can't remember what their claim is. And your dream is to do what the, that person does. And you can't quite at this level see what is it that's different between me and them. Yeah. I'm kind of funny. And uh, <laughs> they don't seem to be, I mean, they're good, but are they $20 million a year good? And I'm getting them coffee. And yeah, it's tough when you got the person who's getting paid nothing or very like pennies. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, they're in charge of the food. That seems like <laughs> See, a recipe for something's yes. going to happen. It does. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. I she just was be- grouchy with me. Was she? <laughs> she might be under more pressure than you. <laughs> yeah, she's carrying a show on her yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You know, if she screws up, uh, everyone here loses their job. <laughs> if you screw up, oh, you got to go back and get another coffee. <laughs> Do you think that's why she stopped doing the show? Well, I think, she, well, how long did she do it for? 20 years? Well, she did it for a long time. I just wondering if she was just tired of doing the show or if she maybe just felt like, this sucks. Like, you put all this work into something and people are just going to complain about it. <laughs> like, Well, I mean, what are you getting out of it? Like, you're not getting money out of it anymore because you've made infinite money. Yeah, yeah. Nothing... You're still getting money out of it. And let's you, be, you to are, be fair. What are you going to, to be able be to fair, afford? Okay, hit. Her, her wife is into horses. 
Mm. There's no amount of money she's making that's going to support that thing. Well, at the amount that she was making, she could turn her wife into a horse. <laughs> right? You could take that's your brain probably, out and put, put it into a horse. That is probably you're... less expensive than a wife being into horses. You could hire people to be your human horses <laughs> for the amount of money that she was making. Right? I'm, I'm just saying all this to bug Lisa. So. Oh, please do. Co-host of Horse Mysteries. Also available on this Also network. loves horses. And I'm uh, just, she knows I'm joking because I, I am fully supportive Okay, I'm, I'm betting that uh, Ellen uh, saw which way the wind was blowing, and it's like, is it going to get better? Probably yeah. not. Yep. Uh, you know, and so you know, eventually you just go, well, that was enough. Yeah. There's nothing that you're going to make money wise that's no. going to let you do more stuff. No. And if, than you than you have, and and I think if you're like a stand up comic, one thing that you would miss doing a show like that is doing stand up comedy. Right, and like, she and she did do a couple of specials mm. since the show began, and the specials were good. Yeah, like, yeah. The specials were legitimately good. Yeah. So yeah, she just wants she she can easily go back on the road and like make a fortune. So yeah, if money is her if goal. money is her object, I'm just saying like if she needs to, you know, put you know some gold inlay in the barn, she can always uh, go on the road and you could buy a gold horse. <laughs> There's a I mean no, don't forget I, she's like Jay Leno. She doesn't spend the Ellen Show money. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a similar situation to Conan O'Brien, where you know you just do a thing for enough time, and you go, yeah, like, yeah. "What's next?" Yeah, and then you yeah. do the do the what's next. But she definitely proved herself with that show. Oh, for sure. And there. Uh, oh yeah, the Jay Leno thing. Jay, God bless. I've been watching a couple of interviews with him, and he's just oh, he's just so out of touch. It's just too bad. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, and he just looks like he's I don't know what it is. Do you feel that way about David Letterman? No, because uh, I don't. It's weird, right? No, he's he's a he's. I think because Dave Letterman has a kid, and I think I think maybe that that's kid, it. Yeah, he, and he had a kid late in life. And yeah, so, you know, I think his kid keeps him grounded. That, but I also think he has like he has people who still work with him, like he still has like a a staff, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that also helps him because he's got people around him or maybe like saying, Dave, we should do this or Dave, we should do that, and he's like, okay, do you think I should go to this grocery store and bag groceries? Okay, he just did that. Sure. Did you hear about that? No, but I know he used to be a grocery bagger. He was a grocery bagger, so he, he just showed up. He's very proud of his grocery He bag. just showed up some store, I'm not too sure where, and he just started bagging groceries, and uh, of course they let him, because yeah. he's David Letterman, and well, the first, cracking uh, jokes. The first and last guests, I think, on almost all of his shows were uh, Bill Murray, mm. and so he's got a relationship with Bill Murray, and yeah. that's what Bill Murray does. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show up at a soccer game, Yeah, and yeah. just make it a thing, and Will Ferrell does that, too. Okay. It's fine. just just show up at a thing and mm. we're going to just have some fun and maybe someone's going to record it maybe they won't but it's just a fun way to live and off we go i was happy to see will ferrell in the barbie movie as well mm-hmm. i just feel like that's a good role for him where it I feel was like... his role in the lego movie and yeah yeah his role in the <laughs> he, he works movie. here he works well as like a as a meanie who isn't that mean you know what i mean do you know what I mean by saying mean so many times? I do want to get back to the uh, Leno Letterman okay, uh, thing. Okay, okay. But I, I'm going to say something about the Barbie movie that uh, you know I wasn't 100% down with. Okay. Which was, uh, they do a big setup of you know the consequences of Barbie in the real world. Mm-hmm. Just like, if Barbie's in the real world, you won't even believe the kind of things that are going to happen. <laughs> oh, wow, I can't wait to see the things that are going to happen. It's always Barbie. What happens? You. Nothing. <laughs> no consequences whatsoever. Yeah. And then he kind of vanishes as the villain. It's just like, I'm going to put a stop to her. Oh, boy. Let's see that that happen. Nope. Yeah. And just like by the end of the movie, you see him there and it's just like, oh, yeah, Will Ferrell. Remember he was the antagonist? Was he? Well, I guess not. The other character was. But would he be 
Hmm. I think it's part of the. There were some changes that they do mention changes that are happening because of what Ken is doing in the real world, and he does say, "See, that's, this is what like this one. is what happens." Yeah, this is what happens. And then when he he gets there, it turns out that what he was doing was for her for her good. Like we feel like, oh, he's the bad guy. He wants to put her in the box, and it's right. bad. But no, he means well by it. Right. Like there's been one other character yeah. that did escape in the past. Yeah. They got taken care of, and you're not sure if that was bad, yeah, yeah, or yeah. if that was okay, yeah, yeah. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> I think it was cleared up in the movie, but anyway. Okay, we can discuss that afterwards to sure, spoil sure. things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like Letterman is grounded with real life things. Yeah. I think Leno uh, is kind of living a comedian's life, a comedian's dream life. You yeah. know, and he drives uh, cars. He gets cars. So he's got a big collection of them. Sure does. Uh, he, you know, he only spends his stand-up money, as you say. So <laughs> the idea generally is, you know, he's a stand-up. Yeah. And uh, it's just unrelatable. You know, what, what's he joking yeah. about? It's like minutia. Mm. Oh, does that stuff really bother you? <laughs> well, you know, that's you true. just showed up in your private plane, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got into your Rolls Royce, uh, drove here, and just like, hey, you know, McDonald's. Yes. Really? You didn't, thing? you didn't go to McDonald's. Yeah. Hey, what's <laughs> what's with you? What's with you in your life? Yeah, yeah. You know, tell us something about you. Mm. Hey, you know, this. Uh, I watched TV the other night. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, this TV sh- commercial was weird. Yeah. yeah. That's what they are. They're weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, that makes sense if you're the young guy who's broke, yeah. who's staying at home. Who's or living in motels. About, and yeah. Who's talking about the big corporation and it's just yeah. like, yeah, I don't really like Facebook. Why don't you buy it? Why don't you buy Facebook and change it then? Because you could do that. Because, you know, you got all this money that's in the bank. And I think that, I think he he thinks that that story makes him seem more grounded. Like, I don't even touch that money. Yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, None of us have money we can't touch. (laughs) They were like, that's your Scrooge McDuck money bin. Yeah. Like, if you said to me, I give all that money to charity. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. What do you do with that money? I keep it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> till when till you break a leg till you lose your throat like something happens like what's the plan jack because right now you've got a bucket of cash yeah. over here that's ridiculous yeah and then there's also like you know he was telling a story and i'm trying to remember what talk show he was telling it on it was some podcasty thing and he was talking about how you know uh he 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 cut back his salary to half and uh because he the um uh the staff needed to be paid and so, you know, the, the network was going to cancel his show or something. It was just like, you know, cut my salary and you pay. And it was like, oh, well, wow, what a great guy. Yeah. You know, he went from like $20 million to $10 million a year. Yeah. And then the staff got paid. That's fantastic. And I don't touch that money. Then what the fuck does it matter? <laughs> so you got half the money that you're not going to spend anyway. So what the fuck is it? Like, I, I get what you think this sounds like. But what it sounds like to everyone else is, well, spend the money or fuck off. Like that's nothing, nothing, yeah. and so and whatever you complain about is bullshit. At this point now, do you have health <laughs> issues? How are you doing? I don't yeah. know what you're doing. Like, how's yeah. your marriage? Are things going good with that? You guys don't have kids. That's fine. Any reason why? It's not our business, I guess. But what do you spend your days doing? Stand up. Uh, we know that. We're seeing you here. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? So you're, but really, your complaint about Jay Leno is that yeah. he's an old-fashioned comedian. He's not a modern comedian that talks about his life. He used to talk about things that affected his life. Yeah. Which was. But did they? We don't know. It seemed real, but, mm-hmm. you know. 
did it? Like, how much of it was just pure fantasy? That that's he just, fine. Like, None of my business. Yeah. But you present yourself as, I'm a working class Joe. Yeah. These are basic working class things that mm-hmm. bother people like you and bother people like me. Yeah. I just wear jeans. <laughs> regular guy. I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, we get it. Now it's, hey, these are the things that bother people like you and people like me. Excuse me? <laughs> people like what? He still watches television. Mm-hmm. So he sees those commercials, like I guess. But he is television. <laughs> like he watches television and then he used to be the guy that that everyone on television went to talk to. Yeah. So you can't be, you know, making fun of, you know, that George Clooney. Well, you, I saw you talk to him like 25 times <laughs> and you got along with George Clooney. He yeah. really bugs me. No, he doesn't. I saw you talk to him 25 <laughs> times. You're fine with George Clooney. Yeah. You have no you have no issues. I got to know what your problem is. I got a beef. Do you? Do you have a beef? <laughs> Because I don't think you have a beef. I think you're bullshitting right now. And it hmm. just comes across, oof. And he's just, yeah. It, 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 and it's weird. Like, the way he dresses now, he dresses very, uh, like, late blue. Which, because he's got kind of older guy skin and white hair, yeah. he looks kind of ghostly. Like, it's just not, <laughs> it doesn't pop. These are not the these are not the sure. things you should be wearing. Whereas Letterman, yeah. you know, usually wears something dark, which goes well with a nice shocking white beard. <laughs> And he's just very distinct and odd looking. Yeah, yeah. But he looks kind of taut. And he looks like he could help you move a couch. Let him come. Yeah. 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 He could do some farming. Mm. He could go, you know, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd be on the roof, like, hammering something. Yeah. Well, it's true that, uh, I like your, your point that he has, Letterman has kids. It's true. His kids do keep you younger, at least at, at least somehow attached to what's happening in the world. Right. Like, you may not. You're concerned about the world because you've got something you have you kids love in your life that's going to be growing up yeah. in it. What is this Instagram thing? What is this thing they're interested in? What What about this? What is this TikTok? What What's, you know, at least you have like an idea what these things are. Whether you want to use them or not, that's a different thing. And I think that's where he's helped by having like a staff of people who, some have been with him a long time. Some have been with him like throughout his career and other people have, are younger and, you know, just people that are there to kind of like go, well, this, you know, what do we need to do? We need to be do this, you know. Like when, at some point, David, David, David Letterman's probably like, you know what, I'd like to go back to like interviewing people, but I'd like to do it in a, a different way than a regular talk yeah. show. And probably the people he works with are like, well, let's talk to Netflix. And he's probably like, what's Netflix? Because, <laughs> you know, he doesn't care about that, most likely. The, from his personality, it seems to me that he he's not... He probably knows some of the basic normal things because of his kid. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. But he, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like, but... He, but you know, in terms of like, what would it be good? Would it be good for him? He wouldn't know, right? He'd need people there who would say to him, "Netflix, that's a that's an option because you know it's open ended. You don't have to have this many shows in a year. You don't have to have this. You know, we wouldn't have to sell a commercial advertising. You don't have yeah. to. You know, we, a lot of you do factors. Eight episodes only with people you care about. Yeah, yeah. Do just do what you want. You don't yeah. do the shit you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, and that was like a a really good format for him. For what he wanted, you know, and yeah, it's just, I think that's that's interesting. Whereas, yeah, someone like Leno just seems to be yeah stuck in a in a past, stuck in a you know in the nineties basically is where he's, he's still telling living. The same stories every time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's because you're not making new stories. Yeah, because you don't live a normal life, mm-hmm. and he's not willing to explore relatable. his life that that's not normal. Like I can't imagine him coming out on stage and talking about in a personal way the fire that he went through. You know that he got burned badly, burned in a fire. Right. Yeah. You know, like I just can't imagine him like talking about that in a in a personal way that explores fear 
and rehabilitation and have some humor out of that, you know. Like, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I hate to be a cancer bore. But no one, no one who was suffering a possible, you know, deadly illness, terminal illness, was funnier than I was while I was suffering through it. No one. I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm just saying an actual fact that's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. And, you know, and, but I think that's the proper attitude to it. You know, you got to make people comfortable with the fact that you're going to drop dead in front of them. Yeah. So, you know, humor is the best way. I don't think anyone's done that better. Well, you ex- the exception. Yeah. But uh, Tig Notaro, probably the best at that when she came Second up. best, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. The, be- the best. <laughs> and so, she, yeah, she came out and like talked about yeah, yeah. having cancer. And yeah. She didn't know if that was going to go over mm-hmm. in any way, but she just had to do it. And that's yeah, what yeah. she did. And yeah, has done some amazing specials talking about it, but not the sure. only thing. Yeah, yeah. Still talks about minutiae. Yeah, yeah. Still, still deals with other things, but it just feels to we'll me still like... drag a stool around a stage <laughs> if, for a long time. If you're a, if you're a comedian, that you, you, part of what you are has to connect to the audience. And Leno is so closed off that he doesn't connect in that way to the audience. You know, like... Well, he's also been damned by success, and, and clearly old... he just does corporate events too. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, and that and that doesn't the audience that doesn't didn't matter. Get mentioned in this uh, interview, which is like because you know when you do corporate events, you, you you make like a fortune doing that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's just doing clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but again, no, just, yeah, know, he's not with his bindle sack going town to town. <laughs> hope I make enough for some soup tonight. Yeah, I really hope you do. Hobo J. Hobo J. Getting on the going... hobo uh, jet. <laughs> <laughs> the jet's got a bindle sack on the side as well. <laughs> and off it goes. And it lands on the train tracks. Sure, sure. I'm like, oh, poor, poor guy. I think the bindle is the sack. Okay. So we're in a chai tea situation. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. So I apologize. Uh, just, it's okay. Yeah, I'll get you some money from the ATM machine and uh, make up for it later. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, the... But the, I want to point out the ATM... No, anyway. Yep. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, having people there helps... And uh, Jay Leno likes hanging out with comics. Mm-hmm. Give you that. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, not re- not real life. Yeah, it's not real life. It's a bunch of guys cracking jokes and having fun. And but there's no reason for him to. He's never hit rock bottom mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah. And you know where that bottom could have been was when he was kicked off the. Because t- that was an interesting kind of story. It's sure. Just like. They kicked me off the Tonight Show when I was number one. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a sad story. Yeah, that's weird. And how so? Yeah. Well, a younger guy got the gig. Oh, you know what? I, you know, I've got a similar uh, story to that, and it's a, so I took the job back from him. Oh, and I got paid more. Oh, and then the guy got fired. Hmm. Well, I don't know what to tell you, brother, because that's not a good story anymore. That's not the usual story, right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's like not a. You're doing a round of. Am I the hero of this story? Mm, Let's yeah. go to the charts. That's right. Nope. Am I the asshole? I think is the question. Yeah. yeah. Am I the asshole? Yes, you are the asshole. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. You're I the just... protagonist. If you're not, if yeah, I think as a. I think as a comedian and as a human being, if you don't you don't have vulnerabilities, then you're not interesting to people. He's also made a big mistake, which is he has not ever done shared a, a car with me. He's never shared a car with you. He's me? never just given me a car. Oh, I see. He's so I was many. Go like he will drive you somewhere. He has so many cars. He's got he's so many. Like he does his own comedians and cars kind of uh, <laughs> thing. Does he? So, yeah, yeah. So like he, yeah, I know. 
That's kind What's of, he going to not do that's that? Kind of, what, wait, he's just stealing someone else's bit. A lot of people have stolen that bit. Oh, Don't okay. worry about it. Okay. He's fine with that. Like, uh, You're saying carpool karaoke is just... Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that is kind yeah, of the same, Seinfeld's mentioned that. <laughs> Seinfeld's mentioned all the things that uh, have been like lifted. He would. But no one then says to Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. Oh, uh, so did you invent podcasts as well? <laughs> Because that's what you're doing. You're doing a podcast in a car when you're doing that thing that you're doing. Uh, so you know, listen. No one invented the wheel. Here. Yeah, yeah. We're all that's... we're all we're all uh, doing variant variations of the wheel, but it's a good variation on the wheel. Yeah. Uh, no, I was I was saying like uh, Leno. One thing Leno never did. Yeah. Which everyone else did was a comedy special. Oh really? Yeah. Never put his uh, never put his material onto a comedy special. Interesting. So. He's got that material and still does it. old material. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you, that's wow. a big problem. Still does like the a, Star Trek bits and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't, probably like adjusted. Uh, but like, it's still in rotation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or if not, you know, the, the, the problem is you didn't have to clear the banks and write a whole bunch of new stuff. Yeah. And that's part of growing as an artist as well and being relevant. And because your old stuff is still working fine... Yeah, he didn't get to you didn't get to grow. So all this stuff is just like he's in this real safe space, and uh, and just got you know. I want to say when I see him, I go like, "You look soft. You look soft. You don't look like you have any problems. Yeah. You don't look like you got anything really new to say. Yeah. And you know, there's times where you get someone like a, a, a Jerry Seinfeld, and go like, "Oh, his TV show just went off the air. I bet he's got something to say." Let's see. Let's see. and and you know, Seinfeld just does joke jokes, mm-hmm. but he's always felt like. He's of the now, and uh, and uh, Leno unfortunately seems when I when I when I heard him uh, talking on this kind of podcasty video podcast thing, he was telling the same stories he was telling in the movie Comedian. Okay, you know, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, because that's that's what you are. That's yeah. what you do, and you know, it's working out for him. He's fine. <laughs> it would be really doing okay. I would like to do a movie at some point where someone does an Ocean's Eleven style heist of Jay's money. <laughs> and Jay doesn't know. He doesn't know. Do you think he looks at it? Yeah. Hmm. I think he keeps pretty close close eye on it. Do you think that's weird for his wife? What's that? Knowing your husband has, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank mm. that he refuses to touch for some, or gives reason. to any relatives, or gives to any relatives, like to give- lend it, like or not lend it, but just to give that. You don't have to give a hundred million dollars, though. But you know, like. Some money, some money to some of your. I mean, relatives. I was, fa- and she's definitely got like in charge of a lot of charities too. Mm. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the money goes to charities. Maybe the bit is that that yeah. you know, and he doesn't touch it, but she does. He doesn't touch it, but a portion goes to charity, mm. and and he doesn't say that, yeah, because that would be a dick thing to do to say, you know. But I give a lot to charity because mm. that's a dick thing to say. And then one day someone's going to go, you know, he gives a lot to charity. What? He doesn't say anything about it. Like, oh, well, that's a nice thing. <laughs> Is it his own charity, though? That's not so But good. unfortunately, the story that he's putting out there yeah. makes him seem like a knob, you know, which is too mm. bad. And also, you know what? Just make up with Leonard. Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> both of them were on the Blocks podcast with Neil Brennan. And both of them were, uh, I mean, the, the Leno one's not as good. The Letterman one's really good. Okay. Uh, but, like, they clearly both want to be friends, you know. Mm. But the, it's just like, just just. Just fucking just go, hey. They do want to be friends, you think? What's that? Do they want to be friends? I think so, yeah. Who has to approach the other one, then? Do you think Letterman wants Leno to approach him? <sighs> I don't give a shit. No, no I'm just wondering matter. why. I'm just wondering. I'm just, I don't know. We're both obviously speculating, but I'm just curious what you think would be the, what's keeping them from, from having a. 
I think Letterman wants it more than uh, than Leno. I okay. think Leno is my guess is that I think Letterman is more emotionally evolved at this point and, <laughs> okay. and realizes time is marching on. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, it, this kind of thing is silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he actually said that, how silly and embarrassing it is. <laughs> um, but I think, I think... That's an interesting, that's an interesting feeling yeah. about it. Whereas my, my thing always with, with Leno is it comes down to, he used to be homeless. He used to literally be sleeping on the comedy uh, cellar, I think it was not cellar, the comedy store stairs, Okay, you know, out back. He was a homeless guy. Yeah. And he would go in and he would do his stuff. And so, like, he never had anybody to help him. So everything was always him. Mm. And so everything that happens with him is like, I'm on my own. I got to protect me more than anything else in the world. And so that's his, that's his thing. Yeah. And so he's still doing it to this day. He's still got the protective bubble and he does not reach out to other people and does not bond as much with other people and have deep friendships probably with other people. But his comfort zone is going in and when he was on stage, he was safe. And then back out, you go to the car or the alley and you're homeless again. Yeah. But the one safe place you had was on stage. So be on stage as much as possible or you're going to die <laughs> and no one's yeah. going to help you. Yeah. And if you stop telling jokes, you'll die uh and you will have no worth and you'll 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 be screwed and you know he has said over and over again his big fear is what he saw like some other comics do where like they just ran out of money and they were broke and that was the end of them sure i can't be that yeah because to him the idea of being broke isn't and then i'm gonna have to couch surf on my friends things or i'm gonna have to get another job no his thing is i'm back in the alley or i'm sleeping in my car yeah even though he's got infinity money yeah of course and it could never happen yeah that's the mindset you've got sure sure that's my that's my feeling he saw david brenner's career yeah, go from a know. giant fur coat to what? Although guys like that feel to me like they just disappeared into a into a into an entertainment system that we don't see. Well, he never got over the uh, shampoo uh, kind of uh, comedy that I forget what the name of it was, like curls or licks or something. Yeah, but like he was supposed to have that, show, and for whatever reason. That show didn't end up happening because I think like there was a gay character or something. Else, okay. So the network just pulled it, and he got very bitter about that because that was going to be his big break. Okay. And I think uh, I think his deal there was just yeah, well, fuck it. <laughs> really? You know that just kind of broke him, and then that was the that was the kind of end. Of, he still did stand up. I'm gonna say I think that he just ended up in like Las Vegas or Atlantic City or whatever, and just yeah did okay there for a long time. Sure. He is a well-known Time name. Time marches on. Time march, you know, but you'll never know about it because that's just a closed system, you know. Right. It's You're not. the band going, we're still doing the same stuff we always did. Sure, sure. Why aren't we as popular as we used to be? <laughs> oh, because new yeah, things yeah. are more popular yeah. than things that we've seen already. Yeah. Oh, but you like this stuff. Yeah, well, all right, so you should probably do some new stuff. Uh, yeah, but people like the old stuff, so I'm going to stay... <laughs> we're going to stay and do the old stuff. I'm like, okay, well, then now you're a, a classic band that yeah. does the old stuff mm-hmm. okay but we're relevant uh, to the people showing up that night yeah you're fine you're still ahead of the game more than almost anyone else people haven't reached the heights you have so yeah you're a good solid b minus and you're fine nope but a lot, most people don't get past c don't worry about it mm. well i do think no matter what you're gonna you're gonna age out you know how about like seinfeld yeah i don't think he's quite what he was do you think he's like as popular as he was well, when he was doing a sitcom, yeah, uh, probably, probably not that. But like, he's as popular as you know any comedian. Hmm. You know, if you're if you're doing the bell curve of you know uh, who's who's a more popular comedian than Seinfeld, yeah, uh, 
you know, John like, Mulaney a little bit. Sure. Louis C.K. for a bit there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's it. But, but like, I mean, you can be popular. Like Jay Leno could be popular. But that doesn't mean they're interesting. You know what I mean? Like I think that, like in terms well, of like the cultural, being popular and like a cultural phenomena. Yeah, like Maria Bamford's one of the most interesting comics. Yeah, but she's not the mo- one of the most popular comics. No, but she, she's not. But she's not like a cultural phenomenon either. And I'd say like John Mulaney isn't as popular as he used to be, but he's more interesting now than he used to be. <laughs> well, he, he does. I mean, I don't know if he. Yeah, I guess he's more definitely more prurient interest. I suppose. I guess seem to have like more to say about you know things that seem to have more weight mm. than you know uh what he what he where he was like three four years ago sure you know doing like the sack lunch bunch as much as i liked it yeah you know there were, i guess there were some social things he was saying in there but uh yeah it's, it's definitely more weighty stuff now more raw yeah yeah i just well i don't know i mean i'm sure you're right bill sure. cosby is interesting now <laughs> you want you want to hear his bit you want to hear his act he keeps talking about like he's going to be touring again and it's like yeah, that sounds uh, horrific. And Wait, also, did he get out of jail? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. There was a technicality. Really? Yeah. Was it? Yo, his lawyer. Wait, went, was hey, it? Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> oh, I was going to ask. Was you it? You made a deal, and now we're all going to let him go, I even thought, though we all now know. I thought you were going to say it's diplomatic immunity. Okay. Well, I don't know how that's a Bill Cosby reference, but no, it's just like a, <laughs> the most frustrating technicality you could ever hear. You know? It's just, yeah. Yeah. Immunity revoked. <laughs> You've never I've never hated an actor more than I hated that actor in that that in that movie. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I just hated it. every time he spoke, I hated him and then when he said those that line, it was so it was, it was designed to do I mean the movie was designed yeah. to make you angry with that character. We all were that mad was, at South Africa that that's uh, right. we that were, week. That's and so when we that one little window that was a little window where it was time. just like hmm. Oh. Damn it! This diplomatic community thing is really awful. Yeah, someone's got to this stop idea? to that. <laughs> I I doubt it works quite like it. It's... No, I don't think it does work like that at all. <laughs> the movie just you makes can't it just seem... whip out a card and go diplomatic community. <laughs> well, we wish we, we could arrest our, you, but we, we can't. We did our best. <laughs> Too bad he's got to get out of jail free card. It's all fine. But it is like in the movie. In the movie world, it you know made it seem so real to you in the audience. You're just like, this is the dumbest law I've ever heard of. <laughs> like by the time we got to the fourth Law and Order, not Law and Order, uh, Lethal, Lethal Weapon, uh, weapon movie, yeah. uh, there was way too much comedy. Oh, it's terrible. Like they just had to give everyone like a, a turn. And it was just like, okay, Mel Gibson, have you got something funny to say? <laughs> Great. Joe Pesci, you? Yeah. Great. Hey, Chris Rock, you got a, got two bits you want to chime in? Mm-hmm. Okay, new character. Uh, Crackers, the wisecracking parrot. What do you, you want to say? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. Hey, 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 joke bot 6,000. How about you? Have you got anything to say? How many comedians does it take? Yeah, we've heard that one already, joke bot. Um, we're all good. Uh, Jay Leno, what do you do you think? Oh, you're counting your uh, money you're never going to spend? Okay, fine. And then he's getting into a luxury automobile. All right, fair he's enough. He's playing the other accountant. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. And I often wonder, I often wonder to myself if Jet Li was... Uh, because Jet Li's in that final film, right? In the sure first film. Is. If he's just like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I, I'm getting like five minutes of screen time as the as the villain. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And at that time, you're like, Jet Li's in this movie. Oh, this is awesome. Like, he's so good. Yeah. And then you go to the movie, you're like, where? Where is he? Yeah. And then he just turns to everyone and goes, aren't you all too old for this shit? Because <laughs> in the original, in the original, like, 
idea of the of the Lethal movie. Yeah. The first movie? Yeah. Both characters are comedy relief. Like yeah. Murtaugh is funny because he's supposed to be retiring and all this ridiculous stuff's yeah. happening to him. This is last week or whatever. That's yeah. that's comedy. And, and then, then a crazy and Vietnam then, yeah. vet, which is funny back then. Yeah, that's right. Like, mental, mental. He's got PTSD that's untreated. Hilarious. Anyway, give him a gun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're both like comedy characters. So th- those are comedy characters. So then you decide you're going to add like uh, more comedy characters to the initial comedy characters. Right. And we got to give Rene Russo a couple of joke lines. Otherwise, oh you know, we can't have the one woman there like n- making no jokes. <laughs> so okay, got her in there too. Oh my god! It's just the Brady bunch it's going the up against Jet Li. Well, what's weird about those movies is you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. You had Chris Rock in the movie. Does he have to be in the next movie? Does Joe Pesci have to be in all of them? Yeah, why are they hanging out with him still? Yeah, like are they friends? Is, is Do they like, go to Christmas together? Is like, this time doing? over? Is this time over? Like, yeah. you know, like... Uh, when Murtaugh's on the toilet, do, do they call Joe Pesci as well? Oh, my God. Franchises. I guess there's a reason why they're... I mean, I mean, I could make the same complaint about Mission Impossible. Because what I loved about the original Mission Impossible was it was just uh, just Ethan by himself. Right, because they got rid of all the other Because characters. every time there was... And a, fast. And the, yeah, and there'd be like a new director, new writers... You know, but I mean, in characters? that movie itself. Oh, the like, first one introduced you to the whole team, yeah, yeah. and then whoa! Yeah, well, that was a bit of a, you know, a shocker. It was a good shocker. It worked well when you saw it, but but every movie is they like were that. Like actors that you knew. Yeah, that's You're right. Like, well, they're not gonna do anything to Emilio Estevez. Estevez. Yeah, he's, what he's the well shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even in the second one, you don't see any of this from the second movie. You don't see any of the team reunited for that film. Mm-hmm. It's not until you get to the third one that that you get a little bit of overlap with with uh, Benji's character. Uh, reappearing in, in Ghost Protocol. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of that element of Mission Impossible. Suddenly, they're always in the movie. I mean, besides Luther. But Luther wasn't in 4 at all. Until the, he was only the in... End. And at some at someone, like, someone's, like, request. Like, wasn't had, it didn't have anything to do with the movie itself. Like, it was like one of the producers is like, we have to have Luther in is this film. Is that the Ghost Protocol one? Yeah. So is he there on Granville Island? Yeah, that's the only time he's in the movie at the very end. Yeah, and that was just like... He was so full- there's one thing I don't understand, Ethan. <laughs> Why are we in Vancouver, Canada? Yeah. Oh, we're this is well because the Canada. Moscow part was done in, in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they didn't film in Moscow; they filmed in Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver was Moscow. We've been everywhere, folks. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, the original plan was for him not to be in the film at all. Like he wasn't in the original sc- screenplay. But I guess it was one of the producers. Like, no, no, no. We you got to have Luther because he's been in every movie. Like, just you know. So they're like, okay, we'll put him at the end of it. So that's what they did. So that was good. Yeah. That was good. But yeah, it's sort of interesting, like this sort of uh, barnacle-like accumulation of characters in, in franchise movies where you're just, it kind of overweighs itself, you know? Yeah. And some characters become too important to the, to the story, you know, kind of overbalance the, the, the film, you know, like or the storylines. And so, yes, there have to be corrective actors t- taken, such yeah, as in I, the most recent. And now they're, yeah, now they're fanficking it too much and giving them an origin story. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Stop it. That's the one Settle thing. down. That's, uh, Settle down. Just jump off of shit. <laughs> I love I loved the movie. I loved it in every way. Because I think it's like a master class in how you make an action movie. Yeah. But that element of it. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Ethan, just get on a giant glacier <laughs> and start fighting on a glacier <laughs> on a, i want that glacier to be collapsing i want to see oh i want to see some ice climbing that would be that would be yeah, good ice stunts. climbing and then the glacier collapsing That'd be and some you've good got stunts. to uh wow yeah and i want uh, tom cruise to really do it <laughs> and i don't want him to die uh we don't 
just to talk a little bit about that movie because I, I went and saw it in England. I'm, I think I'm sure I mentioned it during the show because I was just afraid it wouldn't be an IMAX when I came back to Canada, and it wasn't. So I was glad I did that. But like, it's fun to watch the actual actors actually like climbing around a train while the train is actually moving. Like I know that they're they are cabled yeah. to the to the to the nth degree because we don't want these people hurting themselves or dying even worse. Mm-hmm. But it's still they're still climbing stuff and moving around in a in a physical space, not like kind of gently trotting off the green screen to the other side of the stage, you know, uh, a la Star Wars. You know, one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars is when was uh, Obi Wan and and Samuel Jackson's character realize something's up. That you know the Emperor is doing something or something, and they're like, we better get over there. And then they turn and, like, and they should be like running because this is a, but they just kind of walk because they only have five feet of space to move in. So they, they can't go anywhere. They can't run. So, you know, it's fun to watch actors performing in an actual physical space, you know, it works. Really, it's cool. By the way, here's, here's my thing on Obi-Wan Kenobi that I've been thinking about lately. The, this is a special, the, the, the Disney plus thing. No. Well, you could go with that one okay. too if you wanted to, but mostly Alec Guinness, but also it could be Ewan McGregor. Okay. Uh, the thing that makes him. Uh, good mm-hmm. as a character, uh, you know, uh, uh, tolerable is uh, <laughs> the accent, the hello, that mm-hmm. accent. Yep. Because otherwise, if he just had like an American accent, he would just be this like desert hobo. <laughs> because he's been on that planet yeah. for uh, eighteen years. Mm. There's no showers. He stinks. <laughs> he is a gr- he's a grimy hobo. Like there's yeah. no way he could be. Like he must smell. You don't think he has a shower in his in his cave? How on a on a, on a planet where it's like yeah, right. vapor they have to, or moisture they have farmers? To, they're they're farming water on the yeah, on, a, on a desert have planet. A, a high pressure shower. That seems like the wrong thing to be farming on that planet. Like, don't well, you think? When like, there's worlds that have water. Yes, but they all need foundations. They all need foundation. They all need cement. And you have this incredible amount of sand on your planet. Mm. Shouldn't that be what they're what they're dealing with? Like, mm, maybe. they're shipping that off to places. Yeah, but then you run into like sarlax or whatever. And then, you know, How many Sarlaccs are there? That's a good question. I doubt there's like more than six on the whole planet. Six Sarlaccs? I think so. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, Obi-Wan smells like <laughs> terrible. But he has a like, very he nice accent. He doesn't wash that robe. Mm. He's been wearing the same robe yeah, for yeah. like 18 years. But he could go into like where that, that town. What, yeah, Maz Eisley? Maz Eisley, yeah. Yeah, you see anything there where he could well, shower? Yeah, like a, like a swimming pool, isn't there? Like a Is swimming there? pool there? The swimming pool in the middle of uh, the desert planet? Well, yeah, I imagine so. Like how there's going to be like some kind of space shark in there that's people gonna eat you. are saying that so maybe no one showers there if it's such a it's such a you say no one showers I think they might have like a sand shower or something yeah well he definitely doesn't in the cave yeah he lives in a cave he's yeah. a homeless hobo that's like over there and he's not faking that yeah he's like living in a cave he stinks he's yeah. uh he's gross he's a gross uh, mm. hobo but he's got a very classy accent. And so everyone like takes him seriously. Sure, whereas sure. just like, hi yeah, yeah. there, Luke. Uh, they never had no robot. Yeah, we don't think you had a robot because you're, you know, a, a, a sand clearly, clearly a space hit. You know, I don't like these sand people. Yeah. You know what? They don't call themselves sand people. So now you're like kind of a racist, uh, stinky hobo. Yeah. You know, that's 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 here. That's gross. I knew your dad. Did you now? Did you know my dad? Sure, you knew me. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's true. It's kind of like mind if you kiss your sister. Yeah, it's kind of like like it, 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 in when a, in a story or whatever where like one of the characters is like a a real like kind of bound or whatever, but they have this British accent that really sells them. Yeah, you know, so you just you kind of overlook it. 
If uh, Ocean's Eleven would make no sense if George Clooney and Brad Pitt weren't uh, great looking. If they mm. were just regular guys <laughs> pitching this idea and they were sure. like kind of skinny nerds. Yeah, yeah. No. If they were the Tour for Grease character. Yeah. 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 No. No, no dice. No yeah. dice at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, that's the one thing you, that you don't get with that uh, is like, why aren't people just looking at everyone because they're so good looking? Like, they're supposed to be undercover. Yeah. And it's like, why is it? everyone's hot, gorgeous. <laughs> you know, did you see this guy go by? Oh, you mean the most beautiful person in the world? Yeah, I saw him go by. I noticed those two of the handsomest guys I've ever seen. They walked by. Yeah, I noticed them. Oh, okay, where'd they go? Well, I followed them because they were so attractive. Yeah, yeah. They're over there. Who are they with? Julia Roberts. She's okay looking too. Yeah, yeah. She's over there with, with her. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe in real life they're not as impressive because they're so tiny? Hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just more compact. <laughs> maybe just put them in your Because you'd see them and be like, oh, those guys are good looking, but they're like toys. They're like models of what a good looking person is. Okay. Is that why Brad Pitt never dates anyone attractive because he's too short? You don't, he doesn't date anyone who's attractive? No, that's what I'm saying. Like oh. I'm going with the idea that you just yeah, yeah, put yeah. forth. yeah. Well, like, no, but they're, they're fellow. I, I think, I think but the fellow like, person he's going with is this attractive in real life. They, no, no, but he's going with a similar sized person. Okay. So they, they're just sort of you know. Okay. They're both like H O models together. All right. That's their size, like H O, whatever the scale is. You think that knocks a couple of points off that they're uh, small, like Tom Cruise. I, yeah. Just, uh, Tom Cruise, a small fella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good looking mug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really very cut. Yeah. Uh, people like when they see him in real life go ugh. No, I don't think they say, ugh. I think they just kind of go like, oh, that's interesting. They like, go, ooh, that's, that's interesting, interesting when yeah, you see like Tom Cruise? A, it's like a toy walk past. Okay. All right. How uh, how tall is, uh, I'm trying to think like hmm. in the last, uh, not the last, but the one before, the current yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill is a good sized uh, Yes. They gentleman. they do play up. They do play up his his height. Okay. Well, over when you them. get Tom Cruise standing next to him. But he's they, not taller than the actress who was in Tenet and also in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Whose name I can't remember. Zoe, the, uh, uh, no, the Australian act, uh, actress who's who plays the she's a blonde-haired lady and she's like six five or something like that in real okay. in real life. But they what's fun in like Tenet is they just let her be six five, so she's like towers over David Wash David uh, I can't remember his name David Washington is that his name <laughs> David something Washington. Okay, you I know who I'm talking I about. Yeah, I do. I just don't know yeah. his name. Yeah, it's this this have two names. Enough of these three names. I can't remember them. Right. Look. We're uh, we're guys in our fifties doing a podcast. <laughs> a third of the podcast is going. What's the name of that guy? <laughs> I remember. I can just say Washington. Do you know Washington in that movie? There he, should be something that's like a no prize. Yeah. Uh, for for podcasts with uh, fellas, uh, uh, that you know, they can just the first person who writes in with the name of the person. Yeah. Uh, gets something. <laughs> when I discovered that Ms. Sarah Michelle Geller, see, I remembered her three names. Sarah Michelle Gellar was 5'2". That changed my whole view of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because then I realized that the whole show is like built slightly smaller mm-hmm. than reality. And also explains why the actor who played Riley in, in, in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in Night and Day with Tom Cruise. Because he looks... They look together. Sure. They look like they're two like, properly sized yeah, humans. Sense. But in reality, everyone in the cast in is... In Canada, we had a similar situation with a show called Beachcombers. Okay. You had Bruno Gerussi, who was the lead uh, yeah. guy, as uh, Nicodonidas. Yeah. And uh, he was a smaller fella. Sure. And so, yeah, they would only like uh, hire 
um, the small, smaller actors to uh, walk mm. next to him. Yeah, and yeah. He did a lot of things with kids, except for Jackson Davies, who except was a bit Jackson taller. Davies, who looked like a monster. Yes, yeah, so but, but then you see Jackson Davies in real life and go, yeah, that's normal, not, normal uh, size. No, no big whoop. <laughs> but in the show, yeah, he was the tall, skinny guy, and it worked for his character though because he was constable, constable, kind of clumsy guy who was there, you know, sort of a melodroid. I think he had a spinoff series, hmm. and uh, I think uh, did... well. Then they came back as the new beachcombers. It's hard. People to, went, we're good. It's, it's hard to beat the magic of. of uh, oh boy, it is hard to beat the magic of the beachcombers. I've not seen the show since I was a child. The so. whole show is kind of uh, based on, hey, you know, uh, people in other uh, countries really like seeing British Columbia. It's pretty, and it, it sold very well in other countries. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's true. It's kind of like Del uh, Grassi High. Like, and then people are, are like, is that what high school is like in Canada? Well, and I ha- I have to say I don't know because I never watched the show. <laughs> I don't have no idea what what they're saying. High well, it was realistic like, but... problems, and it was uh, kids with zits, and so oh, you know oh. you saw high school kids. Even if, you know, if why didn't I watch it? That's certainly my my high school experience. Yeah, your room two twenty two or something. Everyone's you know a gorgeous glamour mm. model <laughs> until they take acid and jump out a window. Um, all every one of those shows did that, or the one kid that you've never seen before all of a sudden gets uh, becomes a cancer bore. And then, oh yeah, uh, you know, goes through everything and uh, gets the diagnosis and dies the same episode. <laughs> it's fast moving that uh, thing, and then we never yeah, yeah. talk of them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at the Beachcombers and just seeing. Oh, okay. What the spinoffs were. Oh, okay. Uh, so was there a Constable? Constables? Constable? Oh, come on, man. It's all about him owning a painting by John Constable. <laughs> well, why are you telling me about celebrity cooks? <laughs> Is it because David Letterman was on it? David Letterman was on it. What? Did he do a bit of his stand-up act on that show? Yes, he did. He did do a little bit of his stand-up. I know it's interesting seeing that. Yeah, because I, I don't remember him as a stand-up comic. Like my experience of David Letterman was as the host of the Letterman show. Like I don't remember him hosting Johnny Carson because I didn't watch Johnny Carson. I don't remember right. him doing a morning show because I was going to school at that time. I don't remember him as a stand-up comic because I did not hang around the comedy store. So what I remember him as is uh, the host of David Letterman, late night with David Letterman. I'm looking at. Uh, I would like to actually see some of their breakfast shows. The new Beachcombers. Whose breakfast shows? Uh, Letterman, like the breakfast. Did show. you watch them at the time, or are you just no, no? Saw, but I would like seen... to. I would like to see the mm. show that failed. Oh yeah, that yeah. Had all the stuff from the late night show. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, yeah. but they worked for college students, but not for housewives. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the Beachcombers. Here we go. Uh, la la la. Uh, development. Uh, there we go. Premise. We don't need the premise. Don't need the premise. They catch logs. Cast. We don't care about the cast. Premiere. We don't care about that. The new titles. We don't care about that either. We want to know uh, what the spinoffs. Thank you very much. Spinoffs. Yeah, we got uh, the new beach. Jesse's, Jesse's girl. That was one spinoff. That's right. Uh, yes, short-lived spinoff, Constable Constable, okay. featuring Jack, Jackson Davies' beloved character. That's a bit of a beloved character. Ran for four episodes. I don't think you that's can, pretty beloved. Yeah, I don't think you can call it beloved <laughs> when it's uh, when it's that. And then yeah, new Beachcombers starring Dave Thomas. Oh, took over Molly's uh, reach. Okay. Uh, and then uh, yeah, then the new Beachcombers. Can't believe that didn't work. Yeah, uh, aired as a two-hour movie. That uh, was uh, uh, with Dave Thomas again and Graham Greene. Uh, and then A Beachcomber's hmm. Christmas. Uh, there you go. Directed by Ann Wheeler. Uh, yeah. What's right. that? What is there another one? Oh, there was a documentary okay. called Welcome Back to Molly's Reef. And that's the Ho-hum. end of that. Uh, I, I do remember when I was pitching shows to the CBC, the first thing they said was, uh, we're not doing any more Beachcombers. <laughs> and it's like, I know you've got a take because everyone's got a take. Sure. 
uh, but we're not doing we it. We don't want to hear it. And I know you might be thinking, ironically, mm. no, we don't want that either. We don't want beachcombers. And I was like, okay. And What if uh, I want to do a new Wojak? Well, let me just say this. Like, And okay. I did pitch a show, and I did get a show sold. Yeah. Uh, and then I was leaving. And I was like, all right, before I leave, though, space beachcombers. <laughs> <laughs> They're collecting asteroids. Okay. And... Uh, and he just shook his head. <laughs> but she did. She did laugh and went, "Huh." <laughs> I'll let you think about it. <laughs> just think of the, uh, just think of the Beachcombers theme as like an Asteroids game theme song. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I don't think Asteroids has a. I think Asteroids theme songs. <laughs> I just. I meant sort of like any kind of like. Uh, you know, eight bit, any kind of eight bit game, yeah. With well, though technically it's a vector graphics game, but okay. Oh my god! Yes, thank you, thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. Hey, I really do. This studio we're in now used to be like the electric playground editing studio, so gotta have respect for video I just want to invite listeners to join me in in a a watch party. Okay. Because right now, don't sign up for Criterion channel if you're not on Criterion channel but if you are on Criterion channel or have means of, of atta- going through these films uh they're doing they have a thing called euro thrillers it's like a collection mm-hmm. and i like when they do these collections it's a lot of fun i think uh, it's called euro thrillers and it goes for it starts with m the fritz lang film with peter Lorre as a child murderer all the way up to uh spielman's revanche which is like 19 or sorry 2009 so it has a bunch in between there it's got uh, Wages of Fear, the Henri Clouseau film, which was the basis for Sorcerer, the Roy Scheider film, the, okay. um, where they're driving trucks through the South American desert, or jungle uh, full of nitroglycerin. This is the original one, Wages of Fear, cool. but it has Diabolique, and it's got uh, Knife in the Water, and a bunch of other films. There's like a whole bunch. So I went, I'm going to watch them all in chronological order. I started last night with M, which I pro- promptly fell asleep about half, half an hour in, so I'll have to so start. So turn to Z's. I'll have to turn <laughs> Turned into the Costa Gavras film Z. Yeah, that's right. Which actually said, which is also part of the uh, thing as well. Nice. It's, uh, Costa Gavras is also part of this Euro thriller thingamajagger. So, although I think of him as South American. Am I wrong? But Z is based in Greece, right? Am I wrong? I've not seen that There's one. There's a movie called X, I think. I'm now th- trying to think of like uh, movies that have less. Well, X, yeah, X is the is the film uh, with uh, Mia Goth, uh, the horror go. film. All right. Which I just watched Pearl the other day, actually. The, oh, that's of course. Of course the sequel right, yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, a prequel, actually, but it's, but made after and the film was made. that based on Spooky's girlfriend from Harvey Comics, right? <laughs> it's based on, I don't know what it's based on. It's a pretty nutty film, actually. Hey, foil. And they did it. Just, I'm going to spoil it. It's, it's not really spoil the film, but it just kind of gives away a little bit of what the very end of the film, okay. if it really matters to you. But in the very end of the film, she's like smiling at yes. someone with a crazy smile. Yeah, they use that a lot in a lot of things. Now. Yeah. Oh, is that right? They just have that. Yeah, it's kind of memed. Very memed. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, yep. then I'm not spoiling anything because, yeah, it's just fantastic. The credits are going and it just has her with this, you know, yeah. the actress just smiling in this crazy way. And you can just see her face like falling apart, like, you know, her muscles are all seizing up in her face as he's trying to maintain this crazy smile and it's, it's kind of disappearing appearing disappearing uh, it's quite fun actually it's uh, and she co-wrote it so oh good yeah so she's part of the, the mayhem but yeah it's fun it's fun i preferred x as a horror movie but this is more of a character study of 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 uh creeping insanity yeah elon musk liked it so much he renamed twitter uh, <laughs> after the original film yeah yeah, yeah. that is I don't care if we, we don't have to talk about Pearl anymore. This is a good film. I just want to say I really like Ty West as a director. 
um, he's very interesting. And I watched an interview with him talking about the Japanese, the crazy Japanese film House, Hozu, uh, with um, that you know the nineteen seventy seven seventy eight. I did do a I did do a Sneaky Dragon thing because I love that cover so much. I love that picture so much. By the way, I'm going to just say this out loud. We're going to try and do a calendar this year. Uh, okay. With some of Dave's uh, title cards. A 2024 just, calendar, yeah. 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 Oh, well, I was going to do 2022. <laughs> you know what? Yours is more uh, makes more sense. <laughs> I like yours too, because you know the past is fun. You know, you know what? Mm. It'd be interesting to do a calendar that's like because you know uh, years repeat a lot of times. Sure, but I think it's. I don't think it's that common. Like I think it takes a while to get around to. Right, but you could do a, a calendar for the last year that was the same as okay. the coming year. Yeah, and then have a lot of out of date references in it. <laughs> but it still works as a calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, World Trade Center Appreciation Day. <laughs> whoa. Things like that. It probably was such a thing. Yep. If you lived in New York. Uh, but I was going to say about. Oh yeah, Ty, Ty West is a. Uh, does a little talk about the film on the Criterion Channel, or it was it was on there anyway? Because sometimes, if they have if they do have extra material with a the film, they'll include it with the film, so you can watch the movie and also watch like interviews about it and stuff like that. And sometimes there's uh, commentary tracks that were done in the good old the good old battle days when 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 there were commentary tracks on movies. And oh, I miss those days, but oh, <laughs> but yeah, apparently no one's interested in it anymore. Oh. According to um, Mike, whatever his name is, the guy who directed. Um, uh, Midnight Mass and and House of Usher and and uh, Doctor Sleep and all that kind of stuff like that. We, the companies have no interest in doing commentary tracks and these things no, anymore. Like, there's nope. Like, you want to do a commentary track for Doctor Sleep? He's like, we can just include it on there as a thing. They're like, no, don't even want it. That's interesting. Anyway, I mean, the thing about that is uh, you've got all you got the extra feature on you know Netflix and and Disney Plus and all these streaming services. It would just be really easy to just like do a commentary track, and they've yeah. done that on like, Disney Plus. They yeah. Some of them have them. Click. But yeah, yeah. But those are old ones, right? They just, they don't want to make any new ones. That's the thing. But I'm thinking like, it makes sense to make them for new ones. Yeah, yeah. It Keeps you on the channel longer. Yeah, yeah. You think so? I do think so. I don't know. If, is is there like was there like a big legal trouble? Was that why they always had the disclaimer at the front of them? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea. Either. I say just do them as a podcast then. And then uh, run that uh, while you're while you're watching it, mm. Mm. as you, as the uh, riff tracks uh, folks. <laughs> I feel like I was going somewhere, and then then I I got yeah, derailed by my that was uh, that was my goal. I got derailed by, like, derailed by my hey, what's my your favorite candy, and it's like oh, fuck, <laughs> I was you. no, I derailed myself even before we started on this stuff. I I derailed myself, so I only have myself to blame. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm gonna have a little piece of candy. But anyway, Euro Thrillers Criterion Channel M. M's our starting place, everyone. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the letter M. Check them out, bro. Other movies that start with the letter X, we said. Mm-hmm. Is there a movie called A? I don't think so. I don't think it's that common, actually. M, the, the we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go o, why, why the, the story last of, man. The story of O. Yeah, this is the thing. Now, why the last man? Yeah. Because that's a, it's got to be it, and it's got to be just that. Yeah, or it ha- can't have any other thing else. No. That's t- tricky. Well, we'll think about it. The original name of the Y TV show was supposed to just be Y, but it was just going to be too hard to search for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that would probably be the same thing. Problem with uh, yeah. uh, you know, movies. Yeah, but you could write Z movie, you know, and then they'll go like, oh, okay. It must be a movie called Q. There's no way there's not a movie. Q, but it's Q, Q, the Winged Serpent. Well, there we are. <laughs> I'm going because to... it has a name like it has like a an Aztec name. That's why it's. A lot of pictures yeah. on the website. Look at that. That's like a shopping week. If you didn't go to the website, everyone, I had a lot of pictures from Shopping Week Parade on there. Yeah. 
you are welcome. A lot of very sexy it pictures. It's pretty sexy. And we have an answer from, from our, one of our correspondents. What was the answer? A clue to one of the uh, flutes. Oh, yes, yes. We'll get to that. That was an email. We'll get to that. Uh, and then they also gave a very nice offer for something uh, like uh, grateful for. Yeah. But it is delaying uh, a podcast that we've got that's going to come out eh. a little bit later on. Uh, it'll just be, it'll just be better. Earlier. It'll just be better. And uh, now we have a friend volunteer a theme song for it. And we're like, well, we're going to wait for that theme song. And then what <laughs> if we don't like it? Oh, geez. That's no good. One of the, uh, I'm just going to say, one of the elements of this new uh, podcast we got coming up is making drinks. Yeah. And so made one of these drinks that was made up by the um, hosts of, uh, of the podcast. And I tried it last night. And uh, oh, it just flattened me. <laughs> Holy cow. It started off as a base, uh, a drink called a Blue Hawaii. Okay. What's in it? Lots. Oh, you, Lots you want to save it for the show, right? No, no, it's okay. Uh, it was like um, a light rum, uh, a light rum and a vodka. Okay. And uh, blue, uh, blue de... I want to say Kurosawa. That's not right. Uh, but it's... Uh, okay, like C-U-R-A-C-O-A. Yeah. Kind yeah. of stuff, Kurosawa. Well, uh, it's well, like uh, a Brazilian bit of liqueur. Yeah. And pineapple juice. And if you... Uh, and there's something, I think, uh, coconutty. If you go with a blue Hawaiian, which is different than a blue Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we put that together. Put that uh, on the rocks. It's the start of uh, another uh, drink that had other things added to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mo. My God, just <laughs> kaboom. Um, we asked, what's the odor of Canada last week? Yes. Not the order of Canada. Yeah. And what's the most action-packed thing you've ever done? How about that? Mm. Those are questions. Those are questions. We got answers. <laughs> I'm cough first, though. There we go. Matthew Sanborn-Smith. You're welcome. Says, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, this is a week late. Oh, Jesus. What so the it's heck? Like, it's, it's about last week's. Thanks. Oh my it's not God. about this week. You can't be late, everyone. Oh. It's podcasting. There All is right. no late. So, only now. Uh, well, we asked, like, what's a movie you waited too long to watch? And uh, he says, uh, a movie I waited too long to watch is Double Indemnity. Oh, wow. It's been on the list for years, and I finally watched it uh, a few weeks ago. The writing is fire. <laughs> Billy Wilder's plotting with Raymond Chandler's dialogue are a dynamic combination. Mm. It's a damn shame they couldn't stand each other. Yeah, like uh, Paul Rubens and uh, Tim Burton. Uh, because uh, think of all the bangers this pair could have made together. Jan Xers, who only know Fred McMurray from My Three Sons, and Barbara Stanwyck from The Big Valley, should prepare for a shake-up. If you haven't uh, seen the film, uh, change that up as soon as it's safe to do so. Like, uh, you know, park the car first. <laughs> oh, us uh, Gen Xers, we love The Big Valley. <laughs> We've seen it. There um, used to be there used to well, be a guy who yeah. was the star of the Big Valley, who had an acting school in town called oh. Peter Breck. Okay, yeah. And who's the biggest star of the? Uh, well, there's Barbara Stanwyck, but who's the biggest star of uh, the Big Valley? Would it be Clint Eastwood? I, oh, was he one? Of no, the stars? that was he was in Rawhide. Um, I'll give you six million guesses. <laughs> I'm gonna use them so, all. Was that uh, will that help you? That, that clue? Oh, was Lee Majors in yes, that? Yes, Lee Majors was uh, one of the nice main was, characters. I didn't realize it was a clue. I thought it was a joke. Nope, it was a jokey clue. Uh, Louise writes, my nominee for the odor of Canada is indoor <laughs> hockey rink. That's a very, I love I'm that smell. I'm immediately there. I, I got love the that smell. Thing. My nose hairs oh. are, uh, I just like that slightly wet, cold feeling of it. And the, f and also what's great about it, it's, it's also textural as well. Cause it has those, 
those rubber floors that you walk in with your mm-hmm. skates, so they're slightly bouncy, and your skates are so blades are fun, so fun, sharp. Fun, fun, fun. Most Canadians had to go skating at least once in their lives with their family, school, or community group. Yeah. Uh, there's the smell of chlorinated water coming off the ice, and the machine smells coming off. I didn't know it was chlorinated water. Uh, foot odor coming from the shoes <laughs> and boots. People take off yeah. so they can put their skates on. Sweaty smells coming from the uh, yeah. locker rooms. Yep. Uh, hockey team locker rooms. Uh, whiffs of tobacco clinging to the jackets of smokers. And if there's a snack bar, there's the smell of hot chocolate and spilled soda, hot dogs, nachos, French fries, and poutine. Uh, and uh, my most action-packed adventure was probably taking a helicopter ride over the skies of St. Augustine, Florida. It was really small and only carried the pilot and two passengers. Fortunately, we didn't plunge into the Atlantic. So good. I'm glad you didn't. Exciting. Um, that is that is action-packed. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, Having never been to Canada... Come on! <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, I can only imagine... I, I got friends who have never been to Canada, too. It's also weird when I'm talking to them about that. Hmm. I have a friend who's like actually scared to come to Canada. Okay. Yeah. I think it would be a bit too intense. Well, if you go camping, you are. Yeah, maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the silence starts. He's, he's a dad. <laughs> Having never been to Canada, I can only imagine, and I'm being generous here, in, uh, in my mind, it's a wide open place and smells like either a humid uh, forest rich with growth, or it's the smell of cut lumber and fresh wood. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like a wet forest uh, in Vancouver now because we're wetting down Stanley Park because uh, uh, 20% of the forest there is dead now. Cause really? Of these, uh, yeah, bugs. Oh, the, the spruce beetles. Yeah. Not good. Uh, foreign, foreign guests. And that makes... Uh, yeah, so stay out of Canada, everybody. Um, <laughs> well, this invasive species. And that makes them very flammable, which yeah, yeah. makes uh, the that's park like Ma- very flammable. That's like Manning Park. Luckily, luckily, up in the north, the uh, pine, the spruce beetles have gone through their cycle, and so they're yeah. they're dormant. So trees are growing again up so there. So now we have to go up to them while they're asleep with a little um, stake, <laughs> the heart, and just like tiny pin-sized stake. <laughs> it's Paul Rubens. It turns out Edward. Ah, oh, that was a nice. Uh, oh boy! Again, I watched I watched that movie sitting behind uh, Peter Deloise okay. uh, from Twenty One Jump Street, yep. also son of Dom Deloise. Yep. Andrew Koning. Uh, son of uh, son of um, uh, the Koning Chekhov from uh, okay. Star, uh, Walter and, Koenig, uh, yeah. Jerry uh, Jerry uh, O'Connell okay uh, from Stand by Me and My Secret Identity and son uh, of married the... to uh, uh, Rebecca yeah and uh, sorry I just had an itch oh was that what that was yeah okay. I thought you were giving me a. a I wasn't giving you a signal. I just had it. My, I, I got. I thought that was. I definitely thought that was a sign. That oh, you were I'm sorry. Me no, to like no, no, no. Either do your senior wenches. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Um, no, anyway, uh, I was sitting behind. Them I was going to say, really son of uh, the the actor from Singing in the Rain, Donald O'Connell. Go on with your stories. Well, you know what they say: make them laugh. <laughs> Did you ever see, speaking of, uh, uh, of that, like I can, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing Make Him Laugh? No. Yeah, he did that on, I think it was Saturday Night Live. Like he, that was his opening okay. bit. He, 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 they were, it was something about like, they don't make him like that anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and then he does it. Like he does all the stuff. Wow. Like he runs up the walls. Wow. He does all the business. It's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. Watch it on, I think, YouTube. I think I've, I think I've heard of it. 
Do you know, there's, I was just watching a movie a, a little while ago now. I can't remember what it was, but they do make him Star laugh. Star Wars? It wasn't Star Wars, okay. but they do make him they make him laugh in the movie. And the movie was bef- like predated Singing in the Rain. Oh. So obviously, because Singing in the Rain was like a kind of a the idea of the movie was it was celebrating Arthur Freed, the guy who ran the Freed unit at MGM that made all the, those great musicals. Right. But he was also a songwriter. And so Singing in the Rain is only songs written by Arthur Freed and his writer. I don't know if it's Herb Nacio Brown or whoever, but yeah. So he and his writing partner wrote all the songs that are in Singing in the Rain, but they all were in like much earlier films. Like Singing in the Rain is in like Broadway, you know, review of 1933 or whatever, or Ants in Your Pants, 1937. That's from Sullivan's Travels, of course. Neat. Anyway, go on with your reading and your writing. What? Sorry? I'm chewing candy now. Oh, sorry. You want me to keep on talking? No. I got nothing to say. I got nothing. I got nothing because I finished off my Singing in the Rain talk. I only have so much of it. I have no idea what poutine smells like, says Edward. <laughs> Rather than sneaking onto the Death Star or invest infiltrating the rebel moon of Endor, I'll go for another action-packed adventure. Driving from Dallas to Las Vegas January in January. Oh, boy. I had a cousin who uh, was originally from Chicago and was living outside of San Diego who used to travel uh, back and forth by way of visiting Dallas. Mm. Right after my college graduation, I joined him in a trip Back to Las Vegas, or as I call it, lost wages. <laughs> you know how you make you know how you make money Hot there. Damn, you know how you What's make that? money there when you get off the plane and walk into the propeller. Nice stuff. <laughs> you know how you make a million dollars in Vegas? Start with two million. <laughs> uh, then on to uh, San Diego, New Mexico in January can get so much snow that the state will close the highways. And when they did, my cousin and I headed south thinking it would be a warmer route. Mm. It was quite the opposite as the snow got worse and I drove his car off the road and into a (laughs) snowbank. After getting out, we stopped at a little uh, Indian town uh, for the night. It was uh, pitch dark and we had hardly a clue where we were. Then the sun came up in the morning and we realized... We were surrounded by mountains, and they all had knives and wanted our money. <laughs> they said, get out of here, you mountains. And they headed for the hills. Wait, none of this is making sense. Uh, the holidays, uh, the highways were cleared, so we went straight for Las Vegas and arrived there by evening. Uh, I wasn't the adventurous one. My cousin was, and all I did was follow his lead. He was the original Ferris Bueller. Uh, he's, you know, the uh, most recent Ferris Bueller was the one who did it for the TV series. It was not a great show. Oh, is, there, yeah. is that a recent TV? Like a recent series? Absolutely not. Oh, what would you talk about otherwise? <laughs> it was no Parker Lewis can't lose. He's no longer with us, but times uh, with him were fearless and action-packed. I wouldn't trade them for anything. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you for telling us that story. Yeah, it's very nice. Sorry for interrupting it with uh, talking about Nonsense. the TV show. You know what it's a TV show I recently I'm watched that I liked a lot? Real fast and I oh, hear, sorry, I thought he was Okay, done. sneakers, fuel up uh, the motorbike, get to the chopper, and have an action-packed week. Go, back to you. <laughs> oh, Luis got to the chopper. Um, that's to say, I watched, the, I watched that TV show, Jury Duty. Yes. Did you see it? No, but I've heard good things. It's really nice. It was like kind of one of those, it's one of those things, you know, like, it's like well, lightning can only strike once, of course, because you can never read. And I'm not giving away the show by saying the premise of it, but the premise of the show is that they're doing... A documentary of of you know the experiences of pe- of people in America where you have jury duty. I guess we have that in Canada too. As a person without a country, I have never experienced it. But the um, it's just like a, they're going to do this kind of documentary slash reality show, I guess, kind of idea of this of the experiences. So that you know they're kind of focusing on this group of people 
and they're you know going through the jury selection process and then being chosen for the jury and their experiences on the jury during the trial etc cetera, etc cetera. and so they follow this group of people one of them is this guy who's going all through it everyone else is an actor yeah. which he doesn't know he just thinks that he's part of this jury it's a real trial it's like a real trial yeah. they they say at the end of the series there was 22 witnesses over a hundred and something pieces of evidence and 30 hours of testimony that this, that these guys all sat through and listened wow. to as a serious trial and but it's what it was really was about was like this sort of test of this person's you know his he's called the hero in 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 the behind the scenes writing of the show because the show was written i did have writers some of the writers were actors in the show as well uh it was, just, it's just, it was just amazingly fun. And, you know, it could go two ways, obviously. The person could be an asshole, which it, then it would be an interesting show. Or the person could be a very nice person, and that's also an interesting show. And what was nice about this was the person was a nice person and was very supportive of everyone. No matter how ridiculous they were, how ridiculous they're behaving or what the situations they got themselves into, you know, whether it was this guy who would create, like, like, you know, he would make like inventions, like he had like a second pair of teeth he'd put in his mouth to eat faster, <laughs> or he had these things called uh, stool pants, which had like cut down crutches on the back that swung backwards so he could sit okay. on them. But, you know, then there's a scene where he's trying to sit in a chair or get on the bus wearing them and they, they, like, when they're going from the, <laughs> it's just so silly. But, you know, but this guy is like totally supportive of everyone. Also had James Marsden in it. Mm. The actor James Marsden, Cyclops from X-Men movies. Uh, or from the Sonic the movies as he keeps telling people in the, in the show and he plays like an actor he plays himself James Marsden who happens to be also getting jury duty uh, and who's very self-important but ends up being an alternate juror so he's just kind of not really doing anything and, but it's really good because it really plays on on this idea of him being a bit of an a-hole as an actor you know and uh, they have a lot of fun with that and it's and it shows and it's weird he must know the people who did the show because it's just weird that he, like his career isn't like enough isn't a failure yeah. so it's just sort of weird that he's in it but uh probably they approached him and he's like oh that sounds fun that sounds like a good thing to do yeah. and yeah, it's really good it's just fun to see yeah, they can never do it again because it's like survivor once everyone knows how it works everything else after that is boring because this everyone's prepped for it no one's experiencing it the first time and has no idea what's going to happen you know like a talking stick what you know like and it's kind of like America's Next Top Model. Like the first, ep- the first season of it was just like this epic story of like absolute bitchiness of pe- girls versus other girls in this group of girls, and you know, and, and some of them you loved and some of them you, you loved to hate, and they're you know, and and uh, and it was great. But you can never duplicate that because after that, everyone knows how it works, so they're all pre- they're all prepared for it. You know, the original people have no idea what's going on. And same with this show. Like this guy won he won a hundred grand for for uh, being such a great guy. You know, so he, you know, good for him. But it's well worth watching. And I haven't really, I haven't given anything away because I didn't tell you this story. Did you ever story. watch the show uh, Joe Schmo? Someone else mentioned that. I never yeah. saw that show. So that yeah, sounds... first, uh, second season didn't uh, work out because the guy figured it out too soon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, second season, Jonathan Torrance, who used to be on a show I wrote called mm-hmm. um, Street Sense. Sure. Uh, it's was, also in Trailer Park Boys. Was one of the, uh, that's the more modern reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, uh, yeah, was on there as a, kind of a stereotypical uh, gay character on a reality show. Okay, okay. And I was like, oh, the idea is like no one would know him in America. Yeah. I was like, woof, yeah. that's harsh. But the first the first uh, season of the show was uh, was quite good. And again, the guy turned out to be really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so it was like, oh, everyone's really rooting for him. And it didn't yeah. matter how far they were pushing him. It was like, wow, he's really <laughs> like this guy. Yeah, so. Yeah, same with this. Like he's, you know, he's constantly getting 
in situations. He's not like the best person in the world. There's sometimes where he's, you know, kind of like human, acts in a way that's human. Yeah. But not in a mean way, just in a kind of like, you know, I can only help you so far. I've helped you this far. It's up to you now, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. It's interesting to watch that. Anyway. All right. So uh, let's get to the important letters. You've been uh, you've been delaying uh, Lisa's letter, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, she writes, uh, "I think the smell of Canada." Number one, I think the smell of Canada is what I think of as the smell of the forest. However, when I go out to, to the prairies, it smells the same, and there are uh, precious few trees there. So I guess that's just the smell of fresh air. I think smell that's a big. Air? I think that's a good smell. Pretty big smell. Uh, number two. Most action-packed thing I've ever done. Maybe all our vacations because I overschedule us so much. I'm allowed. <laughs> uh, this last one was a bit of an exception. We were only moderately overscheduled on that one. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I saw a lot of pictures. Hence our hence our 11-hour drive back down. <laughs> Outside of that, maybe my involvement in the 2017 IMGE, which stands for International Mounted Games Exchange, which is an international writing competition between teams, teams in Canada, the UK, uh, the USA, and Australia. In 2017, Canada hosted, and I was the judge of the competition. I was also on the organizing committee because, uh, in addition to the competition itself, there's a 10, uh, there's a 10, sorry, there is a 10 exchange. <laughs> is that right? Uh, where the host uh, country tours all the competitors around. Uh, it happened to be uh, Canada's 150th birthday when the tour started. So we went downtown and started with a band uh, with those uh, festivities. And then over the next week, there were a variety of activities from attending a horse show to whale watching to white water rafting, dragon boating, grouse grind, beach trip, <laughs> trip up to Whistler, trip over to Vancouver Island, treetop adventure, and many other things. I only participated in a handful of them, but by the end I was exhausted. Uh, this November I'll be coaching the Canadian team in Australia when they host. The agenda is a little less packed, but it will keep us busy nonetheless. That's pretty action packed, but. I, I don't know why she wouldn't refer to her days riding and like doing eventing where she was riding a horse across fields, jumping, o jumping over like jumps in a field, you know, like, and one time her horse uh, was so excited it ran off course and ran through like, through like the stands and, you know, that to me sounds more action packed, but maybe she's thinking oh, she of like activity. Here, um, I'm not talking about that because it's none of our damn business. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, dear. Didn't mean to talk out of turn. Okay. My mistake. Back to the world of emails. We have some emails. Yes, we do. We've Fine. got emails. Yes, we do. We've got emails. How about you? Go emails. All right. Emails, emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love onions. <laughs> Glad someone does. Let me. I do. I do really like onions. I do too. I like them a lot. Big fan. Everybody, guess who wrote to us? Kanan. Okay. Kanan wrote. And he said... His, uh, his, oh, just so you know, it's, his heading is action, exclamation mark. Mm. Hence my saying it loudly. Hello, Sneaky McSneakersons. Let me set the stage. It's the late, it's the late 90s. Okay. Some of my friends and I were at loose ends post-secondary school, choosing to opt out of uni. That means university, everyone. Instead of filling our time with just cruising around the streets at night, with our one friend who had his license and a car and playing snake on our Nokia oh, sorry, Nokia 5110s during the day. This is important later. We had phones. My friend Lindsay, the one with the car, 
lived at the end of a little strip mall, and one night, probably close to midnight, we were just hanging around outside his house, him and his brother Adam, our friend Kramer, and me. This is Kramer with a C, everyone, so don't... Okay, uh, thank goodness. Yeah. When we noticed a car with its headlights off, creeping behind the shops. Well, stupidly, we jumped in his car and drove around the back to see what was going on. We had phones. It was a small alley. It could have been blocked by their car. Nope. We went back there like idiots, cruised past their car with our headlights off while two guys were stealing things from the back of two shops. Well, a third was staring right into our windows as we crept past. Yikes, indeed. Out on the street, we started ringing 000. I assume this is the Australian 911. Oh, that's the number in Sorry. Australia for ooh. It's the number in Australia for ooh. <laughs> that's good that you called that. It's a good an emergency. Lindsay at the wheel, me on the phone, Adam and Kramer watching also, behind us. By the way, that's when the police show up. They go, ooh. It's very sexy cops. It is. Adam and Kramer watching behind us to see what was happening. Suddenly, the car began rolling out from behind the shops. Lights still off. They sat there. Were they going left, away from us, or right, toward us? Mm-hmm. Well, they squealed out to the right and flooded us with their high beams. What's happening now? The police were asking me. They're chasing us, we all yelled. <laughs> so we took off. Lindsay was screaming around corners, going 80 and 60 kilometer hours kilometer residential zones flying over speed bumps we zoomed through some pretty major red light intersections at 60 kilometers per hour thankfully no cars were around except for the one behind us that never fell away we were tearing through roundabouts without slowing down so were they the police told us to head toward the police station which we were already doing and as soon as the thieves realized that when we got to be when we got sorry when we got to the downtown strip they went the other way and let us be few. <laughs> That's a weird personal personal thieves. While we were giving our statements to the police, rubber, rubber, the same car crashed through the window of a sporting goods store and made away with a bunch of stuff. My lacrosse equipment. <laughs> lacrosse. And we came, we came away with a pretty good story. Oh, and Canada smells like a hockey gym bag. Keep on bringing us the goods, neighbors, or at least from the same time zone since our family moved to Kelowna a year ago. Whee! It's so close, I'm off to Vancouver right now to pick up my dad from the airport, flying in from Australia, bringing me a lots of cherry ripes. I know how you like chocolate bar talk. Thank you for your podcast. Sincerely, Kanan. P.S. Ask me how you can increase your Google search ranking. (laughs) Thank you. We will ask you that We do get a a lot of darn questions on that line. So Chris Roberts wrote to us. And Chris said... Hey, you know Chris Roberts. I know Chris Roberts. I've personally met him. Unlike you... Hmm. I care about our listeners. Or is in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was... Sorry, he says, dear... Oh, sorry. What, did, what was the... Oh, damn it. His not subject... Enough, not enough to drive to Kelowna, meet our other listeners. <laughs> That's a long way to go. Well, you know, pick up uh, someone at the airport. Oh, it's so hard. Kelowna's a long way away. <sighs> Stromness, question and one other thing. That's the subject of this. Okay. Stromness, question... And one one other thing. Chris writes, Dear Ian and Dave, Dave and Ian, It was great to hear Dave's account of his UK trip. For the record, even though I realized you guys were simply joshing in your zany, freewheeling style, Dave and Lisa were delightful guests, Shay Roberts, and did not outstay their welcome by one millisecond. That is nice to hear. 
Thank goodness I can change my diary entry about it. More importantly, my extensive network of Orkney-based researchers <laughs> have informed me that the Stromna Shopping Week float called Takmi Oot was a satirical reference to Orkney Council's recent vote to explore leaving Scotland and becoming instead part of Norway. Right, okay. Forgot about that. Even think about that. Didn't think about it in the context. Norway or the highway. Like they used to be in the old days. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago, but they did used to be part of Norway before the Scottish lairds moved in. The Norwegian flags around the edge of the float were the giveaway. I didn't notice that. I was too busy taking pictures. So pay attention, I guess. <laughs> Smell of Canada? Since maple syrup and pine trees are taken, I'll have to opt for flannel shirts and politeness. Aww. Now, you're probably wondering what politeness smells like. Mm. Frankly, I have no idea. But I'm gambling you'll be far too polite to ask. I think it's uh, the, scent, the smell of, uh, I, excuse me, after a burp. Then he says, private message. But since we talked about this, I'm going to read it anyway. Oh, okay, he says, right. Ian, old friend, uh, what, uh? if you're needing music for Refresh My Memory, oh, you me. only have to ask. All right. I'm All talking right. fresh. All right. All Original right. music that'll be yours and yours okay. alone. Okay. None yeah. of this copyright-free yes. nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Seriously, I'd love I'm to take a shot at it. Yes. No obligation. Listen, I'm saying yes. <laughs> and no offense I, if you, you decline. Can you hear me? He can't hear you. Yes. Just let me know. Yes. And I'll send you some ideas in a day or two. You know what? Forget it. Stay sneaky, Chris. The guy's, the guy's real. Nice. <laughs> you know it's a letter, right? It was like being really... Oh, was that right? It was a letter. This isn't a FaceTime? This is not FaceTime. Oh, okay. He cannot hear you. Oh. Can he hear me now? No. Oh. I mean, he could hear you then. When? Then? Yeah. Okay. He'll then hear you yes. then. So, yes. Yeah, then. Yeah. Yes. We're, we'll delay the podcast a little bit until the song comes in. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, Chris. Um, I, I, I just realized there was something I was going to talk about that I didn't talk about in this. Oh, okay. But Let's... I will talk about it in a bit. But first things first. First things first. Or... First things uh, first. Things first. Uh, have, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, kind of a, based on that yeah. just recent email. Yeah. Have you ever written a song? Oh, I have. I have, too. I, my songs were just like boring other people's tunes. But yeah, I've written songs. I remember you wrote a song once, and you didn't realize what the tune was. <laughs> I did not recognize it at all. That's true. I've done that a few times. And then it was, uh, "Do you know the muffin?" Yes, it was. It was that. It was that simple? And I, I just, I didn't know. I did. You know what? I didn't know the muffin man. That was my problem. Oh, I think you did know the muffin man. I didn't. Well, you did because you took his song. But I didn't know him. Mm, that's the weird you thing didn't about know it. That you took it, but you did. Know yeah, him. that's the weird. You know, like I, I, I know him now through his lawyer, but yeah, I didn't know at the time. I have. I did write a song called "Hey Green Toad" that was a totally original, but I wrote it with a friend. Oh, so. nice! I also and also leftovers again with a couple of friends. I I wrote a song called uh, "Man Not a Manic" for uh, for a, a, a musical I wrote called "Swordplay." Okay. Yeah, and we all jammed and we made an actual song out of it. Cool. Yeah, that's and fun. It was actually it was kind of a catchy song. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I enjoy. write a song. So uh, yeah, have you ever written a song? That's one of the questions. Okay. Oh my Could god. Could also be two other lyrics. Which I've done as I've done as well. Yeah. Okay. Got like a Kingsgate mall. Just past seventy thousand. Fine. Um, no, you, you want a question for me? Obviously. It would be nice. My question is totally unrelated to songs. Okay. But but is it totally unrelated to Psalms from the Bible? <laughs> what is? Uh, yeah. Have you, ever, have you written ever written a Psalm? Um, what's your favorite card game? That's mm. what I want to know. It's out of left field, but I'm I'm curious. Okay. I'm curious. That's is the second question. Which? Is it with traditional cards, or are you including uh, nope. games that if you, you have Uno or whatever? That's fine. Magic: The Gathering, something would also work for you. Uh, I don't know. If, is it like a true card game, or is it like a? Did they use cards? Pokemon would Pokemon count? I don't know. I don't know how to play Pokemon. 
It's cards. It is cards? Mm-hmm. Do the, is it like war where cards beat other cards? Uh, yeah. You're uh, battling other uh, another player. Oh, with okay. The, with the, yeah, that player. counts then. Yeah. And that's the same thing with Magic the Gathering. Oh, okay. Then that counts too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like, you know, people make you a know big... You what? If you'd watched Akira, you'd know all this. <laughs> people make a big fuss about tarot cards, but tarot cards were just normal playing cards in their day. They just were more decorated. They were different, differently decorated. The than... sub-sub question is, should yeah. Dave watch Akira? Yeah, the should I listen to Shakira? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who is loosely based on Akira? <laughs> no, when, she uh, explodes. The thing I didn't mention, I'll just mention real quick. Sure. Um, when uh, when Dave walked into the room, I showed him uh, this character called Prism, uh-huh. uh, who uh, I created um, with with my wife uh, Pia uh, as part of a thing for uh, Google. Okay. Uh, Google has a thing with helping people to get jobs and whatnot, mm. and it's uh, it's part of a little short video series called Epic uh, Career Quest. Okay. That's on YouTube right now. The first one is out right now. It's almost at three million uh, views, which is like what the hell. Uh, but one of the characters we created was loosely based on kind of a Pokemon and Nyan Cat, uh, <laughs> basically because Dave likes Nyan Cat so much. I love Nyan Cat. So it's a it's a cat that uh, is uh, riding in a uh, donut with a rainbow and has <laughs> rainbows that shoot out of its eyes. For somebody and, who loves dogs so much. I'm really into cats in, in, in culture, right? Because I love the the owl cat from yeah. uh, Puss in Boots. Yeah. And then I also love Nyan Cat. And, if I could, and Garfield. You've got a Garfield tattoo. I do. Okay. Do you have a Garfield tattoo on the underside of my scrotum? But, yeah. And it love... says, I also don't like Tuesdays. <laughs> that was the most painful part of the tattoo. Yeah. And then... that, ask me about lasagna. <laughs> I don't know why I kept, kept going with it. Yeah. You don't want to see where Odie is. <laughs> Odie. But he's being kicked into something. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. So, um, yeah, and then, yeah, I would, you know, I always talk about having, like, a, a T-shirt that had, like, a moving image on it. Like, the Nyan Cat moving picture on your T-shirt would be great. Nice. Uh, and I'm fine with Nyan Cat, but I like uh, Prism even more. <laughs> um, when I was having my brief time uh, uh, with pneumonia in the, in the ICU... Uh, I was writing this first special uh, thing, and so like again, it's a weird experience to me to actually see the thing, and mm. and there's it's gone through a lot of notes. Okay, like there's nothing. It's a corporate uh, job for yeah. sure. So so yeah, uh, Google came up with a whole bunch of uh, great ideas, and they <laughs> added them there. But the characters are are there, yeah. and it's uh, kind of fun. And uh, and yeah, I'll send you a link uh, to it. Yeah, and, and that's partly uh, where our Akira talk came from as well. Yep. So there yeah, you, you went, I don't want to watch that, and I don't want to watch that. Those are the two <laughs> things you said. No, I didn't say that. So there I said, I've never seen Akira. Yep. That's all I said. And uh, question number three, of course, is should Dave see Akira? Should I listen or, to or should, he wait, or should he wait yeah. until uh, there's the live action version that uh, Taika Waititi said he was going to do, but now it doesn't look like he's going to do it. But he was going to do it, but then he's not going to do it. There's actually an Akira motorcycle in my bathroom. There's two uh akira uh action figures in my uh, oh. uh bathroom so you probably peed next to akira i never, <laughs> never watched it but you did get the watched reference me. there is an akira reference in the first epic career quest yeah and you went ah i get that i drew i drew a, i drew an akira image one time for the front of a fanzine so so i know of it i also think there might be an akira reference in kiki's deliveries hmm. i think there is wow. i will have to look that up Wow. But anyway, there you go. Dave. Yeah. Rebbity rap rap rap. Everybody, you want to answer some questions? Of course you do. And how you can do that is go to our website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. There you will find this episode. And there you can leave a, a, a message. A message that says, we like you guys. And also, 
This is my favorite card game. <laughs> I'm going to go to church. <laughs> um, hey, we have an email. It's called sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. If you use that, you can email us, which is fun. We got we read two emails today. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. One from Kelowna. Whoa, whoa. One from far away from Col- far away Kelowna. Another one from pretty close Scotland. And then we're oh my gosh! I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Twitter anymore because I'm so sad that they got rid of the bird. I love that little bird. So if someone wants to give Dave the bird, go to X. He'd appreciate it. We're still on X, I guess. Sneaky underscore dragon. But we are on Facebook. They're great, right? They don't do anything wrong. Uh, we're there. We have a page. It's called Sneaky Dragon. You can go there. I do like when you like stuff that we put on there. That's mm-hmm. fun. Sometimes people leave comments. Sarah commented on there. She was excited about me getting to see Stromness Shopping Week. Aww. And Sarah, it was worth it. Let me tell you. I was very excited that it was going to happen. And it did. And I was very pleased. Anyway, folks, we appreciate you listening to this show. We appreciate it so much. We like you. And we're not going to say goodbye to you. We'll be back in a week with more of us. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Yay.